Well, hello, it's me, Peter. Feels weird to do that without the intro from Frank. Yeah, this is, this is I don't know, maybe a surprise. This is me, Peter, doing a Think on Your Feet. Frank and I are going through the, uh, the, the Dream Eaters campaign. Uh, I'm on the Waking side, so I'm going to start off in Waking Nightmare. I'm really excited about this. I hardly ever play solo, uh, as, as you might know if you listen to the cast, so... This is going to be a fun experience for me. Frank and I have really dug into our decks. You'll hear an episode with us doing that pretty soon. But what we wanted to do was drop the surprise on you first. So we recorded the episode you're going to hear after (laughs) uh, you'll hear this, but we're doing it in reverse order. So if my life is made miserable from uh, some decisions Frank made or decisions I stubbornly refuse not to make, um, you'll, you'll you'll have the background for that when you hear the next episode. Right, I'm going to jump into the scenario. I'm just going to go through. I'm going to I'm going to read everything, uh, read all the all the, the fiction out. Uh, take my time, enjoy it, savor it, and hopefully you you'll join me for that. Got my own style of play, do my own thing. I am playing on PC, so there might be a bit of clicking of keys and things like that. But hopefully that doesn't distract too much from from the ambiance. Right, here we go. In light slumber he descended the seventy steps to the cavern of flame and talked of this design to the bearded priests Nasht and Kamantar. Tha. That's it, isn't it? And the priests shook their pshent-bearing heads and vowed it would be the death of his soul. Let's jump through. We all know the rules. Let's read the prologue. Friday, February the 15th. Uh, God, is that a 13th? 13th, yeah. February the 13th, 1925. Something odd was, odd was happening in Arkham, Massachusetts. Typically, this would not be a surprise to the residents of the dreary New England town. Indeed, Arkham had always been well known for its strange, some would say supernatural occurrences. The nature of this particular circumstance, however, was anything but typical. It all began in the latest issue of Tales from Nevermore. A writer by the name of Virgil Gray described a journey he had taken in his dreams, a journey he claimed was not a work of fiction on his part. He wrote of a long, spiralling staircase, an unbearably hot pillar of sentient fire, a tree that came from the moon, and a curious talking cat, among other things equally difficult to believe. But it wasn't this extraordinary tale that first drew your attention. Soon after Virgin's tale was published, Tales from Nevermore began to receive and publish letter after letter from those who had read Virgil's story and claimed to have experienced this exact same dream. Before long, the Arkham advertiser picked up the story, and news of this strange phenomenon reached the ears of experts. Virgil Gray was convinced to undergo therapy at the local asylum, and many more who shared in the writer's psychosis were committed as well. The prevailing theory among academics is that Virgil's dream felt so real that he could not separate fact from fiction, and his writing spread its delusions to others like a form of shared hysteria. You remain unconvinced. After all, there is much that is not known about the simple act of dreaming. Medical experts have wildly differing theories on the state of one's brain during sleep. Recently, experts like Sigmund Freud have proposed that dreams are manifestations of one's subconscious desires, fears or obsessions. Fortune tellers, for their part, have long believed that dreams can be sifted and interpreted in order to tell the dreamer's past or future. But if these theories are true, how could multiple parties, all from very different walks of life, have the the same shared experiences in their dreams? What if our modern understanding of sleep is all wrong? What if there really is a place our consciousness travels to when we sleep? A land of dreams that exists beyond our waking world. 
You and your companions have gathered together to get to the bottom of this strange phenomenon. If others in town can travel to another world in their dreams, perhaps you can too. You've recreated the circumstances of Virgil's journey perfectly. If all goes well, half of you will take the trip to this dreamland and back. The rest will stay in the waking world, studying your companions' sleep patterns to ensure nothing goes wrong. Spoilers, something goes wrong. Right, so we're jumping into Web of Dreams. So let's flick through this. Oh man, this is a this is a long one, right? Okay, I've committed to the debate now, so I'm going to stick with it. Uh, I should put a glass of water through with me. It has been more than twenty four hours since your companions fell asleep. Over the course of the past day, your curiosity has slowly turned to concern and then dread. The problems began when one of your friends started to toss and turn violently in their sleep. You snapped to attention and tried to shake them awake, but it was to no avail. You tried everything. Physical contact was no use, and water did nothing but soak their clothes in bed fruitlessly, even opening their eyelids did not wake them. In the process, you noticed that the pupils had fully dilated, and their eyes were glazed over with a milky white fog. You have no idea what this could mean for your friends. Have they managed to find their way to the land Virgil Grey described in his writings? Or has something more sinister taken root within their minds and bodies? Just to be safe, you decide to take your companions to St Mary's Hospital. If something ails them physically, perhaps the doctors there can discern what is wrong. Otherwise, you will simply have to watch over them and hope that they return safely to the waking world. St Mary's is the only hospital in the town of Arkham, and it is a fixture of its uptown neighbourhood. You explain the situation to Nurse Greenberg, the head nurse at the hospital, who instructs several other nurses to carry your companions into the emergency ward on stretchers. She tells you with a warm, friendly smile that your friends will be examined by Dr Mahaswaran, but other than that, you were left entirely in the dark. Hours pass, but you hear nothing about the status of your companions. You have still not met with Dr. Maswaran, and you're starting to grow impatient. You feel something crawling along your arm, and you instinctively brush it away, then wonder if it was an insect or a figment of your imagination. You begin to question whether bringing your friends here was the right choice after all. Eventually, you decide to take matters into your own hands. It is late at night, and the receptionist who instructed you to stay in the waiting room is nowhere to be seen. In fact, there are eerily few people roaming the halls of the hospital. With nobody to stop you, you sneak off into the emergency ward to find your friends. It does not take long for you to find their room. Your companions lie asleep on clean white cots, their sleep anything but peaceful. They are pale-faced and sweaty. One of them tosses and turns in their sleep, their brow furrowed with pain or worry. Dr. Mahaswaran does not seem surprised by your intrusion. Shivani Mahaswaran, she introduces herself coldly, without looking up from a clipboard. You're the ones who brought them in, right? Before you ask, no, I've never seen anything like this before in my life, she says with a hint of dry impatience. You demand that she tell you everything she knows about their condition, and not give you the runaround. With a sigh, she puts her clipboard down and addresses you frankly. Listen, I may be new to Arkham, but I have seen enough inexplicable maladies in this town to fill entire careers in medicine. I understand why you are concerned. Your friends, she struggles to find the right words, they are not simply asleep. It is as if they are hovering somewhere between sleep and unconsciousness, or even death. They are not aware of anything happening around them, but appear to be reacting to some kind of internal stimuli. Without hesitation, you ask if they are dreaming. Dreaming? Dr. Mahaswaran replies. It is unlikely, though it may, might account for their mannerisms. Honestly, and I know this is not exactly reassuring, but none of this makes any sense to me, medically speaking. Well, that's not comforting, is it? Just then you see a large hairy sprite spider crawling on the chest of one of your friends. Well, that is odd, Dr. Maraswan brushed the spider off, and several more emerge from the sheets to take its place. 
Even the doctor both take several steps back out of pure instinct. You hear heavy footsteps in the hallway outside the emergency ward and then the lights begin to flicker. Okay, that is more than simply odd. What in the world is going on out there? Dr. Mahaswaran asks anxiously. For just a moment, you think you hear one of your sleeping companions whisper something. Are they indeed dreaming? And if so, what does their condition have to do with these strange events? Okay, so we have to decide, will the doctor come with us? Or will uh, she stay with the patients and keep them safe? I say we leave the doctor with the patients. We're playing this solo, so might as well, might as well commit to it. Yes, of course, their safety is paramount. But do come back and tell me what is going on, please, she shivers. I really hate this place after dark. You nod and venture back into the hospital's waiting room. Right. Let's have a look at our agenda and act. A heavy, ominous feeling haunts you as you explore St Mary's Hospital. Its halls are eerily dark and empty of everything but the occasional orderly making the late night rounds. Lights flicker and shadows seem to dart from corner to corner. The hospital's maze of corridors has begun to take on an almost dreamlike haziness. You notice another spider crawling up your leg and brush it away, wondering what is causing them to appear so often. Looking for answers. Something is wrong with your companions, and while medical science has come far, it can't account for what is happening to them. You've decided to take it upon yourself to figure out what is wrong and set things right. We are in the waiting room. Uh, while waiting room is not infested, it gains action. Resign. You flee the hospital, leaving your companions behind. In the corner of the window's silken webbing creeps it along the glass, spun almost of its own accord. Was that there when you first arrived? Uh, so I haven't done my opening hand yet, so I'll do that now. Um, I did a random basic weakness, and I got uh, 13th, 13th Vision, is that what it's called? Yes, the 13th Vision. So that's not too bad, not the end of the world. I should be pumping up my will. Oh, you know what? I haven't even said who I am. So I'm Agnes, Agnes Baker. You hear a lot more about my deck in the upcoming episode. But basically, I've gone for a a very low spell asset Agnes deck with a lot of spell events. And we will see how that turns out. Right. So that's everything ready. Let's go. So opening hand, I've drawn... Uh, so I am using a couple of cards that have been announced that are coming in the starter decks. Um, and you might see some of those as we go through. Um, there's only two different cards and it's nothing that's been leaked. It was in the, I think, in the first round of an official announcements. And I've drawn two in my opening hand. I've got Crystal Pendulum, Crystal Pendulum, Meat Cleaver, Arcane Initiate and Spectral Razor. Well, I, I think I want to keep a, a one crystal pendulum. I don't have any relic hunter or anything yet, so a second one is sort of superfluous. The first agenda only has two doom on it, so arcane initiate is a great play next turn. So that's good. Uh, I think I'll also keep meat cleaver. Should I keep spectral razor or not? Really, I'd like to see some spell events, and I've got the arcane. Uh, sorry, some clue finding spell events. And I have the Arcane Initiate in my hand, so I think I might drop Spectral Razor back into my deck with the, the thought that I should be able to find it pretty quickly afterwards. So let's drop these back into my deck. And I draw two more cards. Ah, oh, perfect. We've drawn Read the Signs and Forbidden Knowledge. So that's, that's really, really useful. Okay, cool. Uh, and we need four clues to, um, to advance. So... Read the signs gets me halfway there in a single action. So we're in the rating room. We're connected to the records office, the emergency room, and the experimental therapies ward. 
I know, I think two of these locations both have two clues on, or two eyes, or two clues basically. I can't remember the shroud of any of them. I am investigating at, what is this, five, six, seven of both of them. So unless either of them are shroud five, which I doubt they are, then, then we're kind of good to go. So first turn, I think, is potentially play Crystal Pendulum, move to, let's say, the Experimental Therapies Ward, and play Read the Signs. Then next turn, I can drop down Arcane Initiate and try and start to find another Read the Signs or just build up my hand. I think that's that's probably the best way to go. Okay, cool. Right, so Crystal Pendulum in the slot. That takes me down to three resources. I will move to the Experimental Therapies Ward and reveal that. It has two clues in it. Four Shroud. Perfect. A reaction. When you investigate, invest Experimental Therapies Ward take one horror. It gets minus two shroud for this investigation. The room is filled with beds, each one surrounded by a partition curtain. High-tech machines still sit next to each bed, ready to administer all sort of medical treatments. And it's two victory points. So this could not have gone better. So we're going to spend another two resources, which leaves me on one. I do have the forbidden knowledge in my hand, though, and play and read the signs. Now, Crystal Pendulum, I, I won't read every card, obviously, because you folks are pros, but I'll just read Crystal Pendulum because it's a card most of you probably won't have played with yet. This gives, it takes the accessory slot, it gives us plus one willpower, and it has a reaction. After a skill test at your location begins, exhaust it and name a number. If this test succeeds by that number or fails by that number, draw one card. And what I'm going to do is just take a quick look at the the chaos bag for this, this campaign. So I'm playing on standard, and what have we got? We've got plus one, two zeros, three minus ones, two minus twos, minus three minus four, two skulls, a cultist, two elder things. So let's take a quick look at this. Skulls are minus one, cultists are reveal another curse token, and elder things are minus zero currently. What this means is we've got five minus ones in the bag. So minus one is, is by far the most common symbol. With read the signs, I'm testing at five, six, seven, eight on four. So if I draw a minus one, I'll pass by three. So we'll say pass by three for that. What I might do is just name the token because it's easier to remember that than do the maths every time. I'll draw a token. We draw a minus one. Well, that's a nice start, isn't it? Uh, so that's two clues of this location, and we're halfway, halfway there. And we draw a free card. Ooh, Quantum Flux. Hello. Not ideal to draw, just after you've drawn your opening hand and there's one card in the discard, but you know, not going to complain. Right. So, enemy phase. Is there a timing diagram? You know, just while I'm on stream and I've got audience watching me. Um, I just want to make sure I get things right. Uh, I don't have any enemies. Upkeep phase. Uh, we read everything. So ready my pendulum. I draw a card and gain a credit. Aha. Well, I've drawn the old keyring actually, so this, this is pretty pretty handy. Old keyring is a one-cost asset. uses two keys. If there are no keys on old keyring, discard it. Action investigate. Your location gets minus two shroud for this investigation. If you succeed, remove one key from old keyring. 
And what you'll hear if you listen to the episode of Frank and I is a very long conversation <laughs> about the various merits of old keyring, flashlight and read the signs. So that'll be a fun lesson for you. So we'll tick the doom up and we will draw an encounter card. What have we got? Oh, glimpse of the underworld. Hmm. Put a glimpse of the underworld into play in your threat area. Forced. When you would take damage and or horror, take one additional damage or horror. Uh, reaction. Discard glimpse of the underworld, then take one damage and one horror. So that's not ideal. Uh, especially because we've won a play forbidden knowledge. Right, well, never mind. It can't be helped just now. And that's us ready to go. Right. So what I wanted to do was absolutely play Arcane Initiate. So we will drop her down straight away. So she's got a Doom on her. Oh, let's put Doom on automatically. We'll um, exhaust her and look at three cards at the top of our deck. Okay. And that is... We've got... Uh, we've only got one spell. So I believe we have to draw it. Yes. And that's Water Protection. Uh, so that's, that's more or less fine, I think. What I might do is just hold on to Forbidden Knowledge for a bit. And potentially I can take that damage and horror onto Arcane Initiate and kill her if I can take her. Well, I could put one horror on her with the Forbidden Knowledge, couldn't I? That said, I think what I'm going to do is going to spend the resource to play the old keyring. So old keyring will have two keys on it. So that's action two. And then do I want to head to the record office or the emergency room? Hmm. Well, regardless, I can't get to either of them this turn. So we're going to move back to the waiting room. Uh, God, your actions, they just like burn through actions when you're playing solo, don't you? It's a nightmare. Right. So we still don't have any enemies. That's good. Something bad is about to happen, though. We do know that. But we draw a card. An unexpected courage, that's nice. Always handy. And then Doom. Put another Doom on the agenda. And that means it advances. As you continue to explore the hospital, the oddities you have observed become more and more frequent. Thick, dark cobwebs now cover the corners of every room. Spiders crawl along the walls and the ceilings, emerging from seemingly nowhere and vanishing just as quickly. It's not just your imagination. An infestation spiders has taken root within the hospital. And not just any spiders. They are larger than average, with long, jagged, barbed legs and great hairy abdomens. Perhaps even more worrying is the complete lack of hospital staff roaming the halls. Aside from several wary and frightened orderlies, you see no other staff members, not even any nurses or doctors. Where has everyone gone? Shovel the set-aside spiders encounter set and each set-aside copy of Outbreak into the encounter deck along with the encounter discard pile. Draw the set-aside The Infestation Begins story card and resolve its text. So we'll just do this one step at a time. So the spiders and Outbreak. There's literally nothing in the discard pile. Shuffle that, and then we draw the infestation begins. Okay, place one damage token on the location with the most clues. So, that is the waiting room. I mean, that doesn't seem good. It's not a good start. Right, for the remainder of the scenario, damage tokens on locations represent the spreading infestation. Each location with a damage token on it is an infested location. Create a separate bag consisting of the following tokens. Skull, tablet, 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 tablet. Uh, cultist, cultist. If you do not have a second bag, blah, 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 blah. 
This is the infestation bag, and these are infestation tokens. They are not chaos tokens. Some abilities will instruct players to make an infestation test. Infestation test may cause the infestation to spread to other locations or endanger investigators at invested locations. To resolve an infestation test, you must reveal a random invest infestation token from the infestation bag and resolve the effects for that token as indicated on the other side of the card. Flip this card over and place it next to the scenario reference card. Great. So just to remind ourselves, a skull will spawn a spider in a set aside. A tablet does nothing but a set aside. And the cultist is set aside. And then you infest, infest an adjacent location or a connected location. And once you draw both the cultists, then you shuffle everything back into the back. Next agenda. The infestation spreads. A monstrous presence has infested St. Mary's. It lies within the walls and watches you from all sides. In mere minutes, it has spun thick, sticky webbing throughout each of the rooms you visit. The lights are either flickering or out across the hospital, and some of the more advanced medical machinery is broken and covered in cobwebs. Forced at the end of the mythos phase, make an infestation test. So what I haven't done is drawn my encounter card for this turn. Arcanist is ready, also she doesn't have the Doom on her anymore. Right, okay. Flip, what have we got? Ah, Rotting Remains. We all know what that does. Well, this wouldn't be fun to fail, but we're un pretty unlikely to, considering we're testing it 6 on 3. So we think we're going to pass by 2. So we've drawn a minus 2. So we pass by 1, not 2. So we don't get the card from our pendulum, but nothing bad happens to us as a result of Rotting Remains. Which is fine, absolutely fine. Okay, what I'm going to do, we need to get these other two clues really. I could do move, investigate, investigate, but I think I would like to set up a forbidden knowledge. So I think I, I want the cash for a start, so I can start playing more spells. And I've got that to start zapping enemies when they appear. So let us, yeah sure, Let's let's play forbidden knowledge. It's got its full secrets on it. Let's... I'll tell you what, while, while we're here, we'll use Arcane Initiate to look at three cards. Okay, well, we've got two spells we've seen there. We've got a Ward of Protection or a Storm of Spirits. Hmm. Well, we don't have any damage spells at the moment, although we have just played our Forbidden Knowledge. There are some nasty encounters in there, so I'm tempted by a second Ward of Protection. We don't necessarily have the econ to, to support playing Storm Spirits just now. Let's let's take um, Water Protection for now. It's a, it's, a, it's a free draw, no matter what. And we'll shuffle that back in. Okay. So that's one action to play our Forbidden Knowledge. Two, we're going to move up to the Records Office. Okay, this is Shroud 3. If you are not engaged with any enemies, one at a time, take four basic action, investigate actions, that's three actions, that's absolutely useless for us. Shroud 3 becomes Shroud 1 with our key, and we don't, this is the exact situation uh, Frank and I discussed, that the key ring is a bit better than the flashlight. So I think what I'm going to do is, do I put an expected courage in, or do I keep that? There are those, I think there's, two, isn't there two locations that you have to test combat or... Well, I have got two Ward of Protections in my hand, so to an extent, I don't feel too worried. Am I being... Hmm. So I get the first clue with the keyring, and then try and unexpected courage for the second clue next turn, maybe? 
Yeah, okay, let's do it. I'm going to use, a, uh, well, I'm going to use the old keyring. So that draws, oh, I've drawn the Elder Sign. That's plus zero at the moment. Well, we'll take that. So that loses a resource. Well, three clues. And that's my turn, because that's forbidden knowledge. Yeah, it was play forbidden knowledge, move, investigate. And then our pendulum and the initiate ready. There's still no enemies, luckily. Oh, you know what I didn't bloody do? I didn't do um, the infestation test at the beginning of the turn. Okay, it was a tablet, so that's fine. That's set aside. Luckily, luckily it was a tablet. Uh, and then we uh, draw a card. Emergency cash. Interesting. Gain a resource. It puts us on two resource. So just to remind everyone what we've got in our hand at the moment, we've got Meat Cleaver, Quantum Flux, two Order of Protection, an Unexpected Courage, and an Emergency Cash. Okay. Doom on the agenda. So that's one of six. Just a reminder, we only need one more clue. And this location's at two victory points. Oof. Super tasty, isn't it? I like that a lot. And then we draw an encounter card. What have we got? It's a swarm of spiders. Okay, one fight, one health, swarming two. Evade, it will be three. So I take two cards off the bottom of my deck and put them underneath the spiders. They go in my threat area. Okay, well that's not that's not terrible, is it? And then we need to draw. Unless we draw another skull right here, that would be bad. Oh, we'd want a skull. That's bad. Set this token aside. So it's the enemy deck and discard power for a spider enemy and spawn it at the infested location nearest any investigator. So that is the waiting room. Let's have a look. So there's the swarm of spiders and there's the slightly bigger lad, the spider of length, isn't there? I don't think we want Spider of Leng. It's four health versus three health from the, the Swarm of Spiders. So a single Spectral Razor will kill a Swarm. Let's grab a Swarm. Ditch him. We'll pop him there. And then that's another two cards from the bottom of my deck. That and that. And then, yes, that was our that was our Mythos Phase test. Okay, cool. Right. So what do we have? We have the Spiders on us. That's fine. I think what I might do is just blast my arcane initiate first action before I take my first action because this lets us plan with a full full range of options. Ah, well, I mean, that's a shame because there's two Storm of Spirits and a Not Without a Fight in there. But we will take Storm of Spirits. Hmm. This is slightly irritating because we've got so the spiders. Spiders don't hunt. Feels like a real shame to use the Storm of Spirits on a, on a spider swarm. At the same time, taking three damage to move to an adjacent location doesn't feel like a great play either. There will be Grey Weavers appearing at some point as well. So what's annoying is I've got a Meat Cleaver in my hand and that's really good at taking out these swarms and will heal, heal me some horror. Hmm. Well, I think we just got to do it, basically. Or what I could do is, if I take any any damage, it's gonna be increased by a glimpse of the underworld. Two horror. Can I can I cope with two two damage? Sorry, I don't think there's a pressing need to do it. The other thing is whether I try and do a cheeky evade on these spiders. That would involve using my unexpected courage, which I'd like to keep for my old keyring. In that case, we will use 
Ah, I'll tell you what we'll do. Fuck you, bloody glimpse of the underworld. Let's discard glimpse of the underworld, okay? So that's one damage and one horror. We'll take the damage and we'll put the horror on our arcane initiate. So she's got one and one ready to go, which which is fine. I'll use... There might have been a better way to do this, but I, my brain isn't isn't processing it. We'll take a resource of forbidden knowledge into our into our pool, and we'll take a horror, which takes the bottom card. Oh, it was a dark memory. Lovely. Is that shuffled back into our deck? I think it is, isn't it? Double check the roots are swarming. It's been weeks. Oh, you place it on the bottom. Well, I shouldn't have looked at it. You know what? I'm happy to take that. Dark memory on the bottom of my deck. That's fine. Oh, I think they come from... Do they come from the... I think I've done that wrong, actually. They come from the top of your deck. And it makes no practical difference because my deck was shuffled anyway. The top X cards and they go back onto the bottom. Yep, sorry. Sorry, folks. Rules error. Frank will admonish me later. Right, so I'm on three resources. Taking that horror, it's, it's dropped a swarm spider. So there's just two... There's two spiders left in the swarm. So, we'll pay three and play Storm of Spirits. Now, we're testing at six versus one. So, I'm going to say we're going to pass by four using my Crystal Pendulum. Minus one, so we pass by four. So, that draws us a card. And what have we got? Ooh, Scrounge for Supplies. Hello. That's tasty. That's gone. And then this card, whatever it is, it will remain unknown. goes on the bottom of my deck. So, that's action one. We made it. <laughs> Action one. I feel like I want to pass this test, so I'm going to investigate and pitch in my unexpected courage. So we are at two, three, four versus one. <laughs> well, good job I did that because I drew a minus three. So that is the other key off the old keyring. The keyring is discarded when you take the last key off it, and I get, I get a clue. Is that maths right? Hang on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I committed the unexpected courage. Put me on four. Keyring turns it into a one shroud from three. Um, minus three makes pass by zero. Great, okay, cool. Well, four clues. That's vindicated my decision to put old Keyring in the deck. Um, and of course, I can quantum flux it back in. Or scrounge, scrounge for some supplies. Although I'm scrounging for supplies, I'm getting the... Um, read the signs. Okay, cool. Right, so four clues. I can just spend those whenever. Let's do that. From hospital records and snippets of hushed conversation, you were able to glean that there was recently another patient in the hospital whose condition closely mirrored that of your friends. After being comatose for weeks, the patient abruptly and inexplicably awakened just this morning. Baffled, the doctors have quarantined the patient somewhere in the basement of the hospital, below the eastern ward. Put the set-aside stairwell and basement door locations into play, and then we make an infestation test. Boo! Search for the patient. You need to learn where this mysterious patient is being kept. If you can find them and speak with them, perhaps they can provide some answers about what is happening to your friends. If investigator controls Randolph Carter, advance. This guy, this guy is great. Uh, and then infestation test. It is a cultist. So that means uh, a location connected to an infested location becomes infested. So let's pick the location I'm on, because I'm going to be moving out of it very soon. There we go. So we've got the stairwell is connected to... You can tell it's been a while since I've played this. 
So that's connected to the experimental treatment ward. And then I believe these just three doors sit around it. So, oh, I've done this in the wrong order. I should have gone to the, the records office first. But then I wouldn't have been able to get the clues off the experimental ward with my um, keys. Unless I'm taking some horror. Let me see what we've done. So we did Storm of Spirits. We did Old Key Ring. And we've got an action left. I'd really like to get the meat cleaver down because it's going to let me chew through these spiders and heal some horror at the same time, which is which is really really nice. So we're going to play the yeah we're going to play emergency cash to give us three resources. Should put us in a good position for next turn. And then that's the end of the turn. So everything readies. Gain a resource. We draw a card, and we've got fearless, which is fine. To get the cleaver down, that's going to be less important anyway. Yeah, put Doom on the agenda. Oh, we did have an enemy, but they don't have hunted, so they're just sitting there. They're chilling out in the waiting room. Right, so... Uh, encounter cards. Uh, what have we got? Ugh, frozen in fear. This is really, really not good. I'll almost certainly pass the test, but I'm very tempted to ward that. There, uh, well, yeah, but there is likely to be much worse stuff in there. Let's just Let's just take it. So I could do, oh, goddamn ward of protection. Yeah, goddamn frozen in fear. That's really, really not good. What I want to do is play meat cleaver, move, and then fight. And I'm not going to be able to do that. I've got two ward in my hand. I'm just gonna, I'm going to do it. I think that's really, really bad for me. So that's one more horror. Leaves me on six. But I think that is the right play. Okay, and then we do an infestation test, don't we? I'm totally going to draw the spider here. That's oh, a tablet. Perfect. No spiders this turn. Well, except for the spiders we've already got. Right, so three resources. Play meat cleaver into my hand slot. And I will move. Swarm engages me. And I will fight. So I've got... I'm at three combat. It does effectively have three health. M -m 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 -m. What I think I'm going to do is... It's a shame. You could just use these as like a bank to do. Just stop up your sanity. Every action heals a horror. There is a window in the enemy phase before enemies attack. So I could use Forbidden Knowledge in that window to take a resource and deal the last point of damage. I'll tell you what I haven't done. I haven't used Arcane Initiate. So let's look at three cards. Okay. Uh, we've got Storm of Spirits again. Our second Storm of Spirits. We are getting Randolph soon for some extra soak. I'm just debating whether to take the extra horror here to deal an extra damage. That puts us on five, and then we'd and then we'd heal back up to six. But then we'd also probably want to do a doot of damage with a forbidden knowledge. And these enemies really bock you down in solo, don't they? I think what I'll do is I will Yeah, I think I'm gonna take the one damage and stick it on the arcane initiate and then I can heal another horror next turn with the meat cleaver. Um, so it's an action which isn't ideal but but we'll cope with it. So I'm going to attack not deal extra damage. So I'm fighting at plus one which puts me on three on one and then I'm going to say I'm going to pass by one for my crystal pendulum. Minus two. Okay so I pass but I don't get my crystal pendulum card. So that deals one damage to the spider. And this attack has healed an enemy, so it uh, killed an enemy, so I will heal one horror, as is my wound. And then the enemy phase begins. So that is was 
Flaming Cleaver move attack. So I'm going to use Forbidden Knowledge in the enemy phase, which gets me a resource, puts me back on one, drops me down to six horror, and then that deals damage to another damage to the Swarm Spider. So there's a single swarm left. And that card goes back on the bottom of my deck, whatever it was. So that, um, actually I've shuffled the deck anyway, so Dark Memory could be anywhere. Okay, 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 okay. So then he attacks me and deals one damage. And I'm going to put that damage on the Arcane Initiate. So she just goes straight in the bin. That's fine. Okay, so end of turn. I'm going to uh, gain a resource and I'll draw a card. Uh, not without a fight, eh? We've got another Doom there. I honestly don't have much time, and this whole turn is going to be moving, so I'm going to go one, two, three into one of these rooms. So I can take that cool test to fall down the stairs, can't I? And let's draw an encounter card. Whispers of Hypnos. Peril. Choose a skill. Willpower, intellect, combat, or feat. For the remainder of the round, each investigator gets minus two to the chosen skill. You cannot choose a skill that has been already been chosen by a copy of that effect this round. Uh, I think the no-brainer here is um, is intellect. I don't see that being controversial at all. Goes in the bin, right? So I still have this swarm of spiders on me. I'm just gonna I'm gonna knife it. So again, I'm uh, two over. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna pass by one. And um, we've drawn an elder thing. So that is oh, I haven't drawn the token. Oh, it's a tablet. Thank God. Right. <laughs> so, this is the number of infested locations, which is two. We've got two infested locations, so that's a minus two. So that's a hit, but again, it doesn't pass by one, so I don't get my free pendulum card. Swarm of Spiders goes in the bin, and I heal another horror, which puts me back on five damage and seven horror. Sorry, five health and seven sanity. Not the way <laughs> I'm not just about to die. So that's one action. So then we're going to go two, three into the stairwell. Oh man, this is a four difficulty test. Hmm. I could just take the damage to get an extra action. That is super appealing. I do need a clue as well, actually, and there is a clue on this location. But there's clues on the other two locations, I seem to remember, and their victory points. I'm just going to take a look at my deck and see what's in it. Okay, so I do have... I've got one with the signs, two six cents left in my deck. Shuffle my deck again. Okay. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Don't have long, do I? Is it worth two damage for the extra action? That puts me on three. That feels really, really rough. I mean, I would take an action to heal two damage, probably. Or I'd, I'd, I'd be keen at the option to do it. Don't have an, an ally in play at the moment. Do get Randolph at some point, but I don't know when that's going to be. Let's stop where we are. Yeah, I think that's probably a, a good call. It's a real shame I don't have six cents, actually. Okay, well, never mind. I can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do anything about that just at the moment. Yeah, well, that's. I've got a couple of options as to what I could do. I could scrounge for supplies to get read the signs if I want to. Um, that's, that's not terrible. Uh, okay, end of turn. They've got no enemies. Upkeep, I'll draw a card. That's the Heirloom of Hyperborea, and that's I'm on seven cards in hand now. That's probably not going to get played this scenario, but I do like it a lot in this deck in general. We draw a card, encounter card. Sorry, Doom first. Do things in order, Peter. So four of six, and we've got a locked door. 
that's less than ideal to be honest with you but there is one clue on the waiting room and there's no veeps there so let's I have a feeling you need to get rid of the clues to uninfest locations, don't you? Is that right? Because I'm almost certainly not going to be able to get rid of that at any point unless I draw a knot without a fight or something. Well, no, I've got a knot without a fight in my hand. Hmm. I mean, I'm probably not going to investigate this location either. And it's not infested and it doesn't have the resign ability on it. No, I'm going to leave where it is. That's fine. I think that's fine. And then infestation test, which I've nearly forgotten every single turn. Tablet. Oh, pants. Well, I mean, that's good that it's gone as long as it can do, because I think there's four tablets in there, isn't there? But it means next turn we're definitely going to get an infestation or a spider. We've got our storm spirits ready in my hand, so we've, we can fight a spider pretty easily um, if, if they show up. It's just, just a whole load of money. So let's see what's in these locations, shall we? Let's try door number one. The morgue. Action. Oh, that doesn't look human. Action. Test three willpower. If you succeed, discover one clue at this location. If you fail, take one horror. Forced. After the last remaining clue is discovered from morgue, make an infestation test. That doesn't look human. Well, this is two victory points and I need a clue. So I think I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. So I'm testing six on three. I think I'm going to pass by two. A skull. I believe that is a minus one. Yes, no staff enemy. Perfect. So that draws me a card with my crystal pendulum. Oh, baby, sixth sense. Where have you been all my life? So that puts me on one clue after I spend those ones. And then I make an investigation test. Well, oh, yeah, I should have thought about this because this means something bad is definitely going to happen. Okay, cultist. So that means choose a location, connect to an invested, invested location. All these tokens go back into the back. So that's not bad, because I've actually been pretty lucky when it comes to that bag, to be brutally honest with you. I think what we'll do is we'll infest towards us, because we have to clear the infestation at some point. And we have an action left. We did move action on the location. Do we want to play our sixth sense and then we can easily scoop up some more veeps? I think so. I think that's good. Yeah, we'll slap down sixth sense. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And that gives us space to play another card, which is good. Okay. End of turn. So gain a resource. Draw a card. Spectral Razor. That's going to be useful. So we're up to five doom. God, it goes up so fast. And then an encounter card. A suspicious orderly. Oh, yeah, I forgot about these guys. Uh, suspicious orderly cannot attack, be attacked, or be dealt damage. While suspicious orderly is engaged with you, you cannot investigate. That's not ideal, but at least he's not doing any damage. So... We have got not without fight, so there is an outside chance we could evade this guy. I'm sort of thinking about it might be a good time soon to play uh, Quantum Flux, to be honest with you as well. Hmm. What to do, what to do. He's only going to be two moves away from us, isn't he? And then we're not... So, okay, here's what I'm thinking. So there's two other locations. One has two more clues on it. The other has Randolph Carter on it. We have enough clues now for Randolph Carter because we only need one. 
if we move into the room with Randolph Carter, we can spend the action and we parlay and then we're fine. We get Randolph. I can't remember. He gives you two stat boosts, but I can't remember which ones he gives you. The alternative is we move into the room that has two clues on it. And then what do we do? We can still evade him at that location using Not Without Fight. We have got Spectral Razor now to deal with a Grey Weaver if one of them comes up later on. So we would do Move, Move, Parlay or Move, Move, Evade effectively. Okay, that seems legit. Okay, let's do that then. So I'm going to move back to here and then move into room number two. Ah, operating room. Okay, so two shroud, one clue. It's two veeps though, so it's almost certainly worth investigating. Action, action, choose to investigate your location and test four willpower. I can stop reading at that point because that's not going to happen. <laughs> now, there is no point evading the orderly just now. Absolutely no point. So what I might do is I've got an action just now. So I might either play Scrounge for Supplies or I might play Quantum Flux. I might wait for the Quantum Flux for next turn. I think I might actually get back my unexpected courage with my Scrounge for Supplies because I've got my Sixth Sense down now. Now that's not going to be in my deck forever. In other situations it might be better to get back something like a Read the Signs. But for now let's play Scrounge for Supplies. Grab emergency courage. I've got. A f I don't know what skill that parlay test is on. So, if it's intellect, I'm kind of going to be stuffed. I've got a fair number of wild icons in my hand. I've got water protection. I've got the heirloom, and now I've got an expected courage, and the quantum flux actually is a wild icon. So, so I can take that, have a few bites at that test. And that's the end of my turn. So I do have an enemy on me, but he doesn't do anything just at the moment. And I'll draw a card. Oh, you know what I did? I forgot to take an infestation test. I just have to hope it's a... There we go, right, yeah. It was a tablet. That's good. Okay, so I've drawn another Fearless. So just to, just to remind everyone what's in my hand at the moment, I've got two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine cards in my hand, so I need to ditch something. I've got Quantum Flux, Water Protection, two Fearless which I think is probably a good target for ditching. Storm Spirits, Not Without Fight, Heirloom of Ipeboria, Spectral Razor, and Unexpected Courage. So I think probably Fearless is going in the bin. And then, oh yeah, this, this, is going, this is going up this turn. The infestation spreads. Suddenly, chaos breaks out in the hospital. The sound of chittering and crashing emerges from the walls. In the darkness, you can barely make out the shapes of this bizarre spider-like creatures scurrying in the distance. As you round a corner you spot an orderly writhing on the polished floor, convulsing violently as though possessed by an insidious force. You rush to his side and flip him onto his back and find that nearly all of his face is covered in thick webbing and his eyes are wide and glazed over. He does not react as you shake him. Find each suspicious orderly enemy in play and replace it with a set-aside corrupt, corrupted orderly enemy. Search the encounter deck and discard part for each copy of Suspicious Orderly and remove them from the game. Shuffle the set aside Agents of Adlak Natchuk encounter set, each remaining set aside Corrupted Orderly Enemy, and the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. And then add a skull and um, a cultist token to the infestation bag. Hospital of Horrors. 
The entire building has become infested with a sinister evil, something that does not follow the laws of nature. You need to find some way to either stop it or to escape it, or escape before it consumes you too. At the end of the mythos phase, make an infestation test. Okay, so we're back to zero, and we've got eight doom. But I think I think we're doing okay, to be honest with you. Um, I think we're ready if a big-ass enemy comes out. I can't remember what the corrupted orderlies look like, but I'm not too worried about them, because we're Agnes and we can just blast people. Actually, you know what? It's probably even better than having that guy on me, because fighting is a bit easier. Right, let's have a look. Suspicious orderly. We go in. There's only two corrupted orderlies. That's fine. Right, let's give that a shuffle. Atlatmlatcha folks are in there as well, which is fine. Okay, 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 okay. So... And I need to draw an account card, don't I? And then I need to take an infestation test. We've got ugh, a glimpse of the underworld. That's not what I wanted. That's not what I wanted at all. Fine. Find a way to deal with this guy. Yeah, okay, yeah, I've got I think I know what I can do. Oof, that means testing at plus one though. Okay, okay, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Don't need to worry about it just now. Uh and then we do our test. Oh, it's a tablet again. We've done really lucky with that, that bag, just drawn all the tablets out of it. I think what I do in my at the beginning of my turn, I take a damage and a horror, which puts me down to six horror, but that deals one damage to this lad on me. And I discard that. I think I'm going to fight him. I'm only at three on two. So what I'm going to do is commit the heirloom to this test. So that puts me on two, three, four, five fight versus two. And then I'm going to predict I'm going to pass by two with my crystal pendulum. <laughs> Jesus, right. Uh, draw minus three. So, yeah. So, whew, <laughs> I passed. <laughs> uh, just, and he goes in a bit. Uh, and I killed an enemy, so I do heal the horror. Puts me back up to seven horror. Okay, so that's one action. I think I might just find this clue. I realise then that's another two actions, but it's two victory points. Um, so one action for two victory points doesn't feel bad at all. If we could say it's a turn per to clear each infested location, deal with the encounter, encounter, uh, the encounter. If I get Randolph next turn, and then next turn, let's assume we get one more infested location. So that would be this turn, and then on two Doom, I'll get Randolph. On three Doom, I'll clean the first. Four, five, six, yeah seven turns I'd clean the last infested location or if I need to I can clear out the waiting room and then just escape I really really hope I don't need to find those clues so that's going to be difficult <laughs> it's fine. it'll be fine I'm sure it's fine right uh, so I am going to investigate this location I think maybe there is some mechanic where you need the clues to help you with um with investigations but I can't remember how it works so we're going to use our six cents to investigate this location. So we're six on two. Ah, see, I'll sign. It doesn't do anything special with six cents. That's, yeah, that's how we can get that clue off the waiting room, isn't it? Good to know. Oh, you know what? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Get get with the program, Peter. We do have that clue, though, so that's fine. So that puts me on two clues. So that's two actions, and then I'll move back into the stairwell. And that's my turn. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cards in my hand. So I'll draw a card. Again, a resource. Ah, it's our 13th vision. 
what we might have to do is just lump this. So this is investigators at my location fail ties during skill tests. I don't think it's the end of the world just at the moment. Yeah, honestly, I don't think it's the end of the world. So beginning of the next turn, do on the agenda. We'll draw an encounter card. Uh, rotting remains. Oh, I mean, that's fine. Just take the test. I'll assume I'm going to pass by two. That's an elder thing. That's a minus three, isn't it? Yeah, because we've got three invested locations. Yep, so that's a pass, just. Uh, but it's not a pass by. Oh, no! Oh, well, hang on. Right, so I tied the test, so I fail it. But I don't take any horror because I, I fail by zero, effectively. So 13 fission just sort of makes its presence slightly annoying. And then take an infestation test. And that's a skull. Honestly, that's not a big deal, I don't think. So we'll take a swarm of spiders, I think. So I've got my threat area. And then you get two cards underneath you. Okay. And then that was our test, our infestation test, wasn't it? Action one, what, what are we doing? I kind of want to keep hold of the spectral razor. So we could do, we could storm this, it's all of our cash. Or we could cleave her. And we're on seven horrors, we've got quite a bit of horror to play with, and I've got a fearless in my hand. So I think potentially we cleaver this. So I'm going to use the cleaver and take a horror to deal additional damage. And then I'm going to commit not without a fight. So I have three enemies on me. So that puts me at for each enemy engaged with you against that. So it's got four combat icons, which puts me on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven versus one. Pull a token. It's a skull. I don't. I don't even need to look. I don't think. Yeah, it's minus one. Man, yeah, now the minus one turns up. So that's two damage. So that kills both of the the cards underneath it, uh, and that heals a horror. And then I think what I'll do is I'll uh, no 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 can't. Yes. Oh, yes. I'll put the the horror I took. I'll put as damage on the spider. So that's three damage. So that's killed the spider. Fine. Right. Yes, I was at, I start this turn on seven. I'm still at seven because I took one horror, dealt an additional damage, and dealt a damage with the horror. So that's one, two. No, 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 no. That's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the meat clear. So one, so two. I'll move into this room here, which is definitely the room with with your man in. Okay. Action parlay. Test two willpower. If you succeed, test two intellect. That's what I'm worried about. If you succeed, investigators at this location may spend one clue, one clues as a group, to give control of the set-aside Randolph Carter asset to an investigator at this location. The patient you've been looking for sits on a bed in the middle of this dark room. You ask him about his condition, but he merely replies, Why should I help you? You'd never believe me anyway. Oh, buddy, have some have some, uh, some faith. So, let's, let's do it. We've got an action left, so I might as well last on with it. So, I'm going to put... Fearless into this test. So I'm at uh, seven on two. <laughs> Minus four. <laughs> uh, so that's still a pass, and I still feel a horror, which put me back on to eight horror. 
please, please, please don't drop the dice four on this one. So I'm going to put unexpected courage in, which puts me at four on two. Oh, if I draw the minus two, I fail this still. What I haven't done is drawn my ancient evils yet. At my um, doom, I think I'm going to put in ward of protection as well, which puts me at five on two. It's a skull. It's a skull. That's fine. That's minus one. So that's a pass. Should have kept that ward of protection. I, I, I think I'm going to quantum next turn. I just think I need to. I really need to. Okay, so we get Randolph Carter. Here he is, the lad, the legend. Read about him in books, and he gives us plus one willpower. Woohoo! And plus one intellect. After an Elder Thing symbol is revealed during a skill testing location, exhaust Randolph Carter and draw two cards. So that's all kinds of helpful swords. So we're now at five, six, seven willpower, basic. And that's great, and then we advance. Ooh, I managed to flip that right over. After some time persuading, you manage to convince the blonde haired man to listen to your story. Once you explain to him what has happened to your companions, he shakes his head in solemn understanding. I knew this Virgil fellow would cause trouble. If only I had convinced him not to write that story. You ask him what he means, and he lets out a long sigh. <sighs> Before elaborating. It's all true. All of it. The Dreamlands is real, and I believe there's something uh, that something is causing it to merge with the waking world. That's where all of this is coming from, he explains, motioning to the spiderwebs in the corners of the room. With your help, I may be able to temporarily stop the infestation from spreading. Then we can investigate this matter further. He rises from his cot and shakes your hand. My name is Randolph, by the way. Randolph Carter. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. Alright. Containing the outbreak. With the aid of Randolph Carter, you must attempt to close the rifts that have opened between the Dreamlands and the Waking World. Each infested location gains. Action. Test X willpower. Yes! To attempt to seal the rift. X is this location's shroud. Investigators at this location may spend uh, one clue as a group to automatically succeed. If you succeed, replace the damage token on this location with a horror token. For the remainder of the game, this location cannot become infested. Objectives. If there are no infested locations in play, advance. So, so what's good here is that if I can seal up the, the experimental therapies ward, and I'll be able to do that as well, but it's not going to spread to the emergency room. I can contain the outbreak entirely in the top half of the of the map, and it's not going to get down into the basement. And that's not hard to do. So I'm testing, a f I'm going to do a 7 on 4 um, willpower check in the therapies ward, which isn't isn't the end of the world at all. So that was three actions, I believe it did. Uh, fight, move, parlay. And so that's the end of the turn. We've got no enemies. Already our pendulum. And we will card. It's another meat cleaver and gain a resource. So that's useless. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a free willpower icon, so we'll take that. I really want to seal that up this turn. So next turn, presuming nothing bad happens in, in the mythos phase, is going to be move, move, seal. Uh, and then the turn after is probably going to be really, really worried about... Um, what's it called? My weakness. Dark memory. That's it. I've got 11 cards left in my deck, so it's a third of my deck left, and it's in there. Uh, and I really, really don't want to draw it, because it's going to cost me a whole turn. And I don't have Pete to soak up, because of stupid Frank told me not to take Pete. He didn't actually, but but um, sort of did. I can feel his disapproving gaze. But that's fine, that's fine. Okay, so Meat Cleaver, Encounter Card, 
Oh, we've got bloody glimpse of the underworld again. That's the third time I've drawn that. Fine. And then we do an infestation test. That's another tablet. Yes, that's absolutely perfect. That could not have gone better. Okay, so unfortunately we're going to have to leave this clue on the stairwell, even though it's a victory point. And I'm going to go move, move. Oh, interesting, you can spend the clues to automatically succeed. I do have a clue, but I feel like that might be better placed being spent elsewhere. Just if I really need it in a cinch, you know what I mean? So move, move, and I'm going to use containing the outbreak. I'll double check I've read this right. Test full willpower to seal the rift. If investigators' location may spend uh, one close group to automatically succeed. If you succeed, replace the damage token with a horror token. Yeah, I mean, that's that's absolutely banging, isn't it? Right, let's do that then. So, uh, I, I'm not looking at the token. I'm going to commit meek, meek lever as well. Uh, minus three, perfect. That would have failed, actually, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have done. So good job I put that meat cleaver in. So that's that's passed. So sealed. Perfect. And that's the bottom half. Barring some encounter card that I don't remember how it works. That's the bottom half of the map. Sealed off. Whew. Oh, I didn't put any doom on last turn. Well, I think the turn before. So that flipped when I was in there. So it was zero doom that turn. And I ended the turn there. So it was one when I moved in and parlayed. So it should be on two. Yeah, it's on two. That's what I put on. Okay, uh, that's my turn. So I'll draw a card. Is it? Is it? It is ethereal form. It is not dark memory. That is great news. And then we will draw an encounter. Uh, put. So it was zero, then, and it was one when I went in there, and it was two there. So I've just gone up to three. Uh, three of eight. Each spider enemy at an infested location gets plus one five, plus one of eight. Okay, that's, that's interesting. Ah, speaking of spider enemies, we've got a corrupted orderly. When Corrupted Orderly is dealt one or more damage while at an infested location, cancel one of that damage. Well, fortunately, we're not at an infested location. Oh, man, this bloody glimpse of the underworld is baking my noodle. Twisting my melon. It is tempting to ethereal form this guy. Ghost mode and then just head off. If I can... It's worth noting, if I can seal up this one in the middle this turn, then it's not going to... Oh, Hang on, hang on, hang on. I need to do... Before I do anything else, I need to do that. Ah, pants. So it's a cultist. So that means it does spread to the emergency room. There's nothing I can do about that. Yeah, I really need to get cracking here. And I really, really don't want to draw my uh, my weakness. So maybe this turn is... I just have one too few actions. Does the orderly hunt? He does. Uh, I think... I honestly think I, I just don't want to draw that dark memory. But can I afford? Because I'm going to need to go. It, the, the game ends as soon as I, as I seal that last place. If it comes to it, I do have... Well, I mean, I've got I've got 11 horror. I do have a glimpse of the underworld on me, though. I'm just going to double check when the windows are in the mythos phase. Yeah, there's a, there's a window after... Each investigator draws an encounter card. So what I'm going to do is, in that window, I'm going to take a damage and a horror. So one damage is going to go on Randolph. And one horror is going to go on me to deal one horror to the orderly. I don't know why I didn't think of this, actually. I think this is a far better way of dealing with him. And then at the 
beginning of my turn, I'm going to use Forbidden Knowledge to take a resource, which puts me on six resource. Take a horror, which puts me on six horror, and that deals another damage to the orderly. So I have the full three actions now, so I could do move, seal, quantum flux. That's exactly what I'm going to do. So I'm going to move into move into this location. Three difficulty willpower test. I'll take that. So I'm the minus four does fail because I've got I've got thirteen fishing out, but I'm just going to attempt it anyway. It's a cultist revealing another token. It's a zero. Perfect. Oh, I didn't fire my pendulum. In fact, what I would have done is fire my pendulum and then guessed minus one, which would be wrong. So that that whiffs. So that's that sealed. Perfect. And then I will spend one resource and play Quantum Flux. So Quantum Flux is removed from the game, but everything in my deck is shuffled back in. This is going to be incredibly amusing if, if you, the top card is Dark Memory <laughs> after shuffling it. Uh, so that's my turn again. So... End of my turn. Draw a card. <laughs> Stark memory. Incredible. <laughs> Can't believe that. Ugh, oh well. That's fine. I think I think it's fine. I've, I've I've got two turns and I've got Randolph's here with three soak on him. So don't think that's the end of the world at all. Okay. Oh, did I not do a infestation test again last turn? I don't think I did. Oh, it's a cultist. So. Nothing else can get infested, and there are two cultists out, so they go or go back in the bin. What's well, back in the bag? Right. Uh, so four doom. So I've got four turns to seal these last two locations. Doom's up to four. Encounter card. I have got outbreak. Perform an infestation test. If you are at an infested location, which I am not, treat each tablet token you reveal as a skull instead. So that's a tablet. Oops. And it's a cultist, so nothing happens. We're doing well. Yeah, I'm definitely doing that right. Yeah, that was that was good actually. So not bad at all. Right, so we're gonna go and just nip into the emergency room and see what's here. Okay. Uh, so it's two shroud, one clue, one victory point. While you're in the emergency room, each of your skill tests gets plus one difficulty for each card committed to it. So I think I am going to explore using my sixth sense and with crystal pendulum uh, i'm going to say i'm going to pass by whatever i pass by if i draw the minus one <laughs> it's a minus four but i am on seven so seven minus four is three so that's a pass so i get the clue and then i'm going to seal this location should i just spend i've got two clues in these two locations left so i'm just going to spend a clue sealed Okay, I think we're looking okay, unless I draw something really, really beefy from the encounter deck. So I take two horror, I'll put that both on Randolph, uh, and then we'll draw a card, gain a resource. Sorry, just, just so everyone remembers, the horror is because I've got dark memory. Place one doom on the current agenda, this effect can cause the current agenda to advance. If dark memory is in your hand at the end of your turn, reveal it and take two horror. So because I'm so close to the end, I think I just sprint through so this... We'll see what I do. I do have uh, a water protection in my hand, just drawn water protection in my in my draw step. So at the end of the day, my turn could be move, move, uh, cancel what I draw unless it's an enemy, and then do move, move, seal. So end of the turn, I put a doom on the agenda. I draw an encounter card. <laughs> the bloody rotting remains. Wow. Uh, let's just take the test. 
Oh my god, I've drawn a minus four again. So that's failed by one, so I take one horror. Plus one, five. And then we do the... Ah! Uh, oh! It's a, it's a skull, so I get a spider. So that means it's going to be hard to get out of here this turn. But, you know what? Does it spawn with you? Search the encounter deck and discard pile for a spider enemy and spawn it at the infested location nearest to any investigator. Well, that's that top one, isn't it? Is it worth... The Grey Weavers are in there, aren't they? Five health. I have... And it's a victory point. Now, is it really cocky if I... If I try and kill him using my Spectral Razor and my Storm of Spirits? That's five damage, so I could do Move Blast Blast next turn. Can I last that long for horror? I mean, there's going to be a... Spider enemy in there, no matter what. I have got quite... I've got one, two, three, four, five, six... Jesus, I've actually got quite a lot of experience. Let's, let's not get cocky. Let's, let's, let's not get cocky. Let's grab... Do we want the spiders? Which, which type of spider do we want? What I'm thinking is, if I just grab the spider of Leng, I could easily move in, take the attack of opportunity and automatically succeed at the test. So we do move, move, test just now. Yeah, let's just do that, and then we're done. Yeah, perfect, perfect. We'll do that. So spider Blang, there he is. Happy chappy. When enemy phase ends, add one swarm card to each swarm of spiders in play. If there are no swarm of spiders enemies in play, search the encounter deck and discard pile for a swarm of spiders enemy and spawn at the spider of Blang's location with no swarm spot swarm cards. So beginning of my turn, my turn begins, and I'm going to just going to move, move. Spider of Leng engages me, but I'm going to take this test, spend my final clue to automatically succeed, which seals this location and advances containing the outbreak. Amazing. Right, well, I, you know what? Oh, hang on, hang on. Before I do that, I need to draw a card. Oh, it's a cultist token. So they all go back in the back. I did that. Forgot that. I think just about every turn I forgot to do the infestation bag. With the final rift seal, the infestation ceases and the hospital returns to normal. Good work, Randolph says. Still, I believe this matter warrants further investigation. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. We do not know what caused this to happen. You remind him that there is also the matter of your companions who still refuse to wake. Yes, of course, that too. Come, let us go somewhere private where we can discuss what our next step should be. Sadly, I do not believe there is anything more we can do to aid your friends here. You don't know if Randolph means here, as in in the hospital, or here, as in the waking world. But either way, it does not bode well for your companions. Check the campaign log. Dr. Maraswar instead with the patients, so we go to R3. Okay, resolution 3. Before you depart from the hospital, you go back to the emergency ward to check on Dr. Maraswaran. The door to the, the room where your companions are staying is sealed shut, so you knock on the door and ask if she is there. On the other side, you hear furniture being shifted aside and knocked over. An exhausted Shivani Mahaswaran cracks open the door and peers at you with bloodshot eyes. Oh, thank goodness it is you! It lets you in and collapses into a nearby chair. Those things try to get into the room. I had to barricade myself inside to stop them. You inform her that the danger has passed and thank her for watching over your friends. I'll continue to keep an eye on him, she says. Just please... Tell me there are no more spiders out there, or I'm taking the first train out of this town. As you leave, you swear to your sleeping friends that you will get to the bottom of this and save them. In your campaign log, record Dr. Maraswaran is alive. 
in your campaign log record Randolph escaped the hospital with the investigators. Anyone investigator may choose to add Randolph Carter to their deck. This card does not count towards that investigator's deck size. I suspect I will add him to my deck, but I know Frank and I are keen to get the good resolution in this campaign, so I don't know whether there's any consequences for taking him. Uh, we'll have a think between us. Skip to resolution five. You depart from the hospital with the blonde-haired man in tow, and he introduces himself more fully. The man, whose name is Randolph Carter, tells you that he is a dreamer, like Virgil Gray and your friends. One with the ability to traverse the divide between the waking world and a parallel dimension that was created by, is sustained by, and dwells within the dreams of all living organisms on Earth, a realm he calls the Dreamlands. And it's a place of both dreams and nightmares, he explains, and I'm afraid your friends are trapped there as we speak. You ask if there's anything you can do to aid them. Randolph ponders this for a moment, then replies. Normally, dreamers can return to the real world simply by willing themselves awake but for some reason your friends are unable to do so. If you truly wish to help them, you too must enter the dreamlands and find them. But forcing your way into the dreamlands is not easy. Such paths are usually accessible only to experienced dreamers and only in sleep. Still, there are some places where the dreamlands touch the the waking world, and in those places with the right tools, you may enter the dreamlands in your physical body. I know of such a place, not far from here. However... Before Randolph is able to finish his sentence, he is interrupted by a mysterious voice. Each investigator ends his experience equal to the victory X value. Remove the infestation bag and all infestation tokens from the game. Uh, and then we go to the interlude. And Frank and I are going to do the interludes together. So we will come on to that soon. And then let's just assess where we are. Now, I think I got pretty lucky here. I think my encounter draws were pretty tame all the way through. And actually, high willpower has really, really helped. I would be charging back and forth, trying to pick up clues if I was playing. I'd originally thought about doing this with Preston. I don't even want to imagine how difficult that would have been. Yeah, so I think mostly stuff went pretty well for me. Starting off with read the signs and then getting the old key ring pretty soon after that worked out well. And you know what, actually, Frank and I spent a long time talking about clues in this deck. And I think, actually, the balance, on balance, it worked really well. I could have maybe gone... I mean, I didn't play Quantum Flux for most of the game. It might have been that I was a bit more aggressive with it earlier. The Econ was something else we considered a lot. And that emergency cast came at the exact right time to be able to play the Meat Cleaver. And the Meat Cleaver was really, really good. Burning through spiders and for taking out the orderlies. I'm pretty happy with a lot of my choices. I think not not without fight is really good. I think the crystal pendulum is really good. I think the old key ring is really good as well. I really like that card. I think that's going to be a staple of a lot of decks. Scrounge I actually quite liked as well. It gave me a lot of options. It just sat in my hand until I knew I, I wanted something. Fearless level one is... Feels awful. <laughs> a single icon for a single point of horror heal. But I do think it's, it gets a lot better at level 2. So that's an early target. I will say the main card I want to take is the Mind's Eye. So the Mind's Eye will probably take the place of 2 Sixth Sense. Mind's Eye, if, if you don't know, it's, it's relatively new. Lets you take a test using your willpower instead of any other stat. So you could use that with the Meat Cleaver to test it at, well, at least five for your meat cleaver. 
or you can investigate, just use it like a fancy flashlight. It doesn't take up any hand slots, it takes up both arcane slots, but that's fine because there's nothing else in the deck that takes up an arcane slot. The other thing is that if you look at, say, read the signs or ethereal form or spectral razor, they both add a stat. I think this works. Yeah, that's right. Because, yeah, so spectral razor tests your your combat stat, but it adds your skill value for your willpower to that test. So what you can do with Mind's Eye is effectively double your willpower for a test. So with Spectral Razor, you could be fighting at 10 or investigating at 10 with Read the Signs. At her base level with Read the Signs, Agnes is going at, what, 7? And 7 is fine, but if you've got like a 5 Shroud location, it's not as not as comfortable <laughs> as you might want. Yeah. I guess intellect tests would have been difficult. Luckily, there's only one I really needed to take in the whole scenario. I don't know whether on balance, maybe perception instead of unexpected courage. But then unexpected courage is nice for a one-off evade as well. So I don't think there's anything that's got evade and intellect icons I've got available. Unless you go with something like, I mean, rise to the occasion... That wouldn't have helped me with that parlay test. Yeah, well, interesting. Again, I, I do think I my encounter deck... Let's have a quick look at the encounter deck. You see far less of the deck, and a little bit of positive luck goes a long way. The other question is, was it right to cancel that? I think it was right to cancel that Frozen in Fear. Didn't see the Night Terrors. Oh, it just taxes you in action, really. Didn't see the Grey Weavers, obviously, or Will of the Spider Mother. But I think, again, that's a willpower test. Ah, Threads of Reality is the really nasty one. Attached to the non-permanent, non-weakest weakness asset you control with the highest printed cost. Treat attached asset if, as if its printed text box were blank, except for traits and forced abilities. And then you discard an asset you control to discard Threads of Reality. See, I do have... Forbidden knowledge can easily go in the bin for the threads, can't it? That's not the end of the world. I tell you, this sickening webs is nasty. Attached to your location, each spider enemy at the attached location gains retaliate and alert. Investigators cannot move out of attached location. Test three combat or three agility. If you succeed, discard sickening webs. I tell you what, I nearly actually got oh no 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 okay okay i was just thinking that that corrupted orderly i thought should have had plus one fight but i blasted him with horror anyway with agnes's ability and he wasn't at an infested location anyway so that was fine they're not dealing extra damage or anything so that's that's fine so good job i didn't decide to fight <laughs> to drop a gray weaver on there and then realize actually it's got five fight or something like that and i'm failing all all ties yeah so there we are well i hope you enjoyed that I hope I haven't made any glaring misplays. It's one of the things I was most terrified about doing, agreeing to do this with Frank. <laughs> that I would really cock things up. And I hope you've enjoyed the style of the style of me doing this. Uh, keep your eyes peeled. Don't know what order the two scenarios are going to go up in. Frank's recorded his today as well, so I have no idea how his scenario has gone. All I know is what deck he's got. I will say nothing, and you can enjoy exploring that scenario with him. Sudden moment of panic, we've both done the waking side. I don't think so. I think we did have this conversation. 
Um, yeah, and then also, uh, at some point soon, the deck episode should go up. And I think that was a, that was a really good one. It was a really good, fun episode. I very much felt like, because Frank's got a lot more experience with solo play than I did, he came to me with a deck and he, he'd kind of thought about all the angles and I showed up with this kind of stupid, showy Agnes deck. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, how are you going to get clues, Peter? But I think we got it into a good shape, and I'm I'm pretty proud of where it is, and I just want to make sure that I don't get that screwed for draw. The draw is the important thing, and once I get, I mean, actually, I'll just check how much experience I've got. I'm going for Mind's Eye early because that's a key piece of the deck, and also I think Relic Hunter. Once I get a Relic Hunter in there, I can play either two Crystal Pendulums or Crystal Pendulum and an Heirloom, so. I'm potentially drawing three cards a turn, which is which is pretty bananas. Just the heirloom doesn't exhaust when you play a spell, so it just keeps on giving you cards, which is really nice. And then you can maybe look at even a second relic hunter, and then something like the shining trapezohedron, which is super good. Let's count up the experience. I've got one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine experience. Whew, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Could have squeezed some more by gaining a Great Weaver uh, or getting that clue off the stairwell. I had, I had the turns to do it. I had the turns to do it. Two for Mind's Eye. That gives me seven. Then you could do Relic Hunter and Shining Trapezohedron. That's a, that's a spicy meatball right there. Shining Trapezohedron can go in where Emergency Cash is. Maybe. And that gives you... See, like, Shining Trapezohedron. If, if you have a Crystal Pendulum out, and maybe you have Randolph out, test, like, two difficulty every turn to play a spell for free. Just as one or two times where you draw the tentacle and you can't play the spell at all, um, you're absolutely shafted. That's some food for thought. Hmm. Okay, cool. Right. I I started finishing and then I got distracted talking about the game. So um, thanks again for listening, everyone. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here with me as I've been doing this. I hope you enjoyed it. Any feedback, you know, that you get in touch with us with the usual channels, draw the flame podcast at gmail.com. I'm United everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. And yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, except I don't actually have to say that because this is the second half, if all goes well, of Think on Your Feet, the latest series, and you've already had the hopefully amazing surprise of Peter playing the first half. And he's played Waking Nightmare, so here I am to play Beyond the Gates of Sleep. We've already recorded an episode talking about our decks, but we're going to put that out afterwards because we wanted to preserve the surprise of Peter playing. So what you need to know is that I'm playing the Dreaming side and I'm playing as Mark Harrigan. I wanted to explore playing a solo Guardian and I wanted to show some of the qualities of what makes Mark fun in solo to you, the listener. So that's what I'm doing. I've done all my setup. Our chaos bag is the standard chaos bag. Skulls are minus X. X is half the number of cards in your hand rounded up, but the bag has no skulls in it, which is kind of weird. 
cultists are minus x, x is the number of revealed enchanted woods locations, which is also weird because there aren't any, and tablets are minus 2 if you fail and this is an attack or evasion attempt against a swarming enemy, add one swarm card to it. Well, I don't see any enemies either. Before we do anything more, we have to choose a dream, and as Mark Harrigan, we can choose uh, one of four different dreams. We can take the Guardian dream, and then on the next page there is two, or there are two neutral dreams, and then there's also the Veteran dream, which would be to start the game with up to two tactic and/or supply cards in our hand as additional cards. I'm going to go with the Guardian dream, and you'll see why at the end. You circle a sullen hill shrouded in darkness and steeped in fog that seems to swallow all sound. You don't know what rests within the hill, but it feels older than this world, and it seems like it is watching you. You dare not turn to face the barrow, yet you know you cannot leave it, so instead you endlessly patrol it. In the surrounding hedgerows you catch glimpses of twisted shadows darting to and fro, but whenever you turn your torch upon them, they vanish. You begin to run, but are frozen by a loud knock from behind you. When you turn, the fog parts, and you finally see the base of the hill, where a heavy door of weathered slate calls to you. I love the Guardian dream. Really atmospheric. Search your deck for a Guardian card and play it, paying its cost. So I have decided to search my deck for Hallowed Mirror, because it's a one-of, and play that, paying its cost. So that's two resources down immediately, but I shuffle two copies of Soothing Melody into my deck and I have one in my hand now when I do my opening hand, which is pretty cool. So let's do opening hand. There's something else you should know about Mark Harrigan. He's indebted. So I actually am starting now on one resource, but I don't think that's too bad because my hopefully my plan for the early stages of this scenario is to run down the steps fairly swiftly, all being well, and then to sort of rebuild once I'm down in the woods. Opening hand. So we've got one soothing melody, and then we get take the initiative, second wind, shortcut, enchanted blade, and a perception. <laughs> Back to thinking about what we're doing. Well, there's definitely we need to get at least one clue early on. The perception feels like it's a good thing to keep. Because we have a soothing melody in hand, maybe we chuck the second wind, and maybe we chuck the take the initiative. And we'll redraw two cards, and we'd hope to see a cash and a flashlight, something like that. Next two cards are Practice Makes Perfect, pretty handy, and an Evidence. Well, we can use the Evidence if we need to for icons. Between those two, that's all right. Now, the, the nice thing about Indebted is that we only have one weakness in our deck, and this deck draws pretty damn hard. So that's good. The bad thing is that Guardians like resources, and that makes me feel like an early stick to the plan so that I can put a cash on a stick to the plan and almost always have it first turn might be the way to go. But yeah, we'll see how we get on with this. This scenario, you've got a little bit of leeway for space. So yeah, hopefully it's not too much of a problem. Agenda 1A, Journey Through the Gates. From your initial dream, you have been drawn into a familiar dreamscape, the same one that Virgil Grey traversed in his story in Tales from Nevermore. Is this real? Or is your mind simply conjuring what it expects to see? It's 19 Doom. There's a forced effect. When Doom is placed on this agenda during the Mythos phase, if any investigator is at a steps location, place one additional Doom on this agenda. Act 1A. Entering the Dreamlands. The door leading out of your initial dream 
takes you to a stone staircase. Of course, the door, the slate door in the barrow. Thousands of different stairways join together here, forming an incomprehensible nexus of steps where worlds and stories join together. Where the stairs meet, they form a single, spiralling pathway descending deeper into the land of dreams. Do not draw cards from the encounter deck during the Mythos phase. Objective, if an investigator enters the Cavern of Flame, immediately advance. We start at the 70 steps of lighter slumber. You are no longer in your own world. A spiral of twisting stone steps hangs suspended in the ether with no visible means of support. At the bottom of the steps is an island landing, also floating in the void, where a tall golden gateway leads into a brightly lit cavern. It's one shroud and one clue, and it says when you leave 70 steps, take one horror for each card in your hand in excess of five, and there's a free trigger to choose and discard a card from your hand. So we could investigate here, chuck the perception or the evidence, and that would make us a four on one. That'd be a nice start. And then we'd have five cards left in hand because we have evidence, practice makes perfect, shortcut, perception, enchanted blade, and soothing melody. If we chuck the perception and we pass, we'll draw a card again, so then we're potentially taking a horror. So I think we, we commit the evidence. And first action, we investigate four on one. Minus two. Success. We get the clue. Evidence goes to our discount pile. And of course, I'm doing that because the Cavern of Flame, which is adjacent to us, says you cannot enter until all the clues on the 70 steps have been discovered. So that was first action. Second action, I think we just move in. On this landing, there was a huge gate that spanned the width of the rocky platform. Gold, bronze and glimmering, the gate reached skyward and appeared to go on forever, disappearing into a roiling darkness above that reminded me of storm clouds. It's nine shroud and no clues. It says forced at the end of the mythos phase, each investigator in the Cavern of Flame takes one damage. In light slumber, he descended the 70 steps to the Cavern of Flame and talked of this design to the bearded priests Nashed and Kamanthar, and the priests shook their pshent-bearing heads and vowed it would be the death of his soul. An investigator enters the Cavern of Flame, so we immediately advance. That's nice, a two-action first act. At the centre of the cavern is a pillar of flame, flanked by two robed, bearded men. You recognise the scene from the writings of Virgil Grey. The priests, the cavern, it is all just as he described. Either you ventured into the same dreamscape, or you're sharing in his delusions. You must be tested, one of the priests says enigmatically. Your ordeal will be great, and thus, so too will be your trial. Each investigator loses all of their clues, my hard-earned one clue. Put the set-aside Nasht and Kamanthar enemies into play in the Cavern of Flame. Your slumber grows deeper. Add one skull token to the Chaos Bag for the remainder of the campaign. We advance to Act 2A, the trial of Nasht and Kamanthar. The barred golden gates beyond will not open for you. Only the priests can judge whether you are worthy to pass through to the steps below. They cross their weapons, a steel halberd and a silver scythe, in front of the gates. Do not draw cards from the encounter deck during the Mythos phase. Objective. If neither Nasht nor Kamanthar are in play, immediately advance. Let's take a look at these guys. Kamanthar and Nasht are both priests of the Dreamlands. They're both 2-3-2s, Dreamlands, Warden and Elite. They're both aloof and have retaliate. And then they each have a parlay ability. For Kamanthar, it's test willpower or intellect 2 to prove you're worthy to enter the dreamlands. This test gets plus 1 per investigator difficulty, so difficulty 3. 
If you succeed, flip Kamanthar over and resolve the text on his other side. If you fail, Kamanthar attacks each investigator at his location. And there's a forced effect after you defeat Kamanthar, flip him over and resolve the text on his other side. It's exactly the same for Nasht, except it's combat and agility instead of willpower and intellect. Kamanthar, the mind one, damages you. Nasht, the physical one, gives you horror. Hand reminder, practice makes perfect, shortcut, perception, enchanted blade, and soothing melody. And we have a single action left. We would be a five on three to do Nasht's test. We could even take a damage to make us a seven on three if we were just trying to go for finishing it. And then that would be the end of the turn. In Mythos, we'd take another damage, and we could then play Soothing Melody and heal both of the damage so far, and then try and do Kamanthar, probably taking another damage. Let's do it. So we'll take a damage. Why are we taking a damage? Well, this is because we have Sophie in Loving Memory in play. Sophie cannot leave play, and she has a free trigger that you can take a direct damage. You get plus two to your skill value for this skill test. So you do that at the same window as committing cards, or indeed after committing cards. And it also says forced if Mark Harrigan has five or more damage on him, flip Sophie. So when I take a damage, I have a reaction after damage is placed on a card I control, which includes Mark, draw one card. I've drawn a vicious blow. And that's limit once per phase. So that was our investigator phase one. So that means for this test, we're now a seven on three testing our combat. Let's give it a go. Minus one. Didn't even need the damage. Nashed is dealt with. If you parlayed with Nasht, read the following. Your quest will lead to death, the priest foretells. Prove that you can survive what is to come and I shall let you pass. Show me your weapon. You open your hand and reveal the first weapon that comes to your mind. Nasht slaps it out of your hand. That is not a weapon. Show me your true weapon. You think for a moment. What weapon could the Guardian possibly be referring to? What weapon could help you survive a place like this? Then the answer hits you, plain as day. Enchanted blade. No, sorry. You point to your temple and Nash nods. Very well. Add this card to the victory display. Unfortunately, it doesn't have any victory points. That's my three actions. Investigate, move, try and deal with one of them. Upkeep. I draw a 45 automatic and we go to two resources. Mythos. We place one doom and we're at a steps location, so we place another doom, so we're at two of 19. Encounter card? No. No encounter guard, because the act deck says so. Got a, a nice big hand of cards, and I think our goal... Ah, and then at the end of the Mythos phase, we take a damage, which is Mythos, so we can draw another card. And we've drawn another Soothing Melody. Very nice. I think definitely we're going to heal two damage, and then we need to work out how we're going to pass this Kamanthar test. Ideally, we just do, say, the Willpower, and we go take a damage and that would make us a five on three. And maybe we commit, could even play practice makes perfect and hope to hit, take the initiative. Maybe we do that. Let's do that first. So we'll play practice makes perfect in the window as we start the test. So we're a three on three at the moment. Fast, play during a skill test at your location. Search the top nine cards of your deck for a practiced skill and commit it to this test. Evidence, on the hunt, shell shock. Alice Luxley, The Homefront, Enchanted Blade, Soothing Melody, Practice Makes Perfect, Emergency Aid. So the only practiced card we found there is The Homefront, and we can't commit this to the test because it's a willpower test. So we shuffle the remaining cards back into our deck, 
and that practice makes perfect whiffs, which means we'll take a damage, taking us up to three damage to give us a plus two boost. Just shuffling the deck up again. And that draws us a card, which is a shortcut. And I think we commit a shortcut and one of the two Soothing Melodies, because we've still got a shortcut and Soothing Melody left, to take us from three, four, five, six, seven on three. Plus one. Massive overkill. But we pass. If you parlayed with Kamenthar, read the following. Your mind is strong, the Guardian admits, but are you ready to shed your concept of truth? Of reality? If so, alter your clothing. You protest out of confusion. This is a land of wills, the priest continues. If your resolve is truly strong enough, prove it to me. You close your eyes and imagine a different outfit, straining to recall its texture, its colour, its smell, each and every thread of fabric. When you open your eyes, you're wearing it. Good, Kamanthar says, stepping aside. Add this card to the victory display. I like the idea of Mark as the veteran. He just always is in a sort of smart ex-military uniform dressed up. And the idea that he would change clothes he finds completely alien. You know, he's always worn a uniform. That's his life. And then maybe when he's having to think of something to wear, he's picturing what he wore on his wedding day with Sophie. Like, probably that was military uniform as well, but maybe it was dress uniform rather than combat gear. And yeah, it sort of takes him to there. So that was first action, a slightly convoluted first action. But both Nasht and Kamanthara, in, and neither of them are in play. Both are in the victory display. So we advance to beware the road ahead. Satisfied that you are worthy to enter the dreamlands, the priests step aside to let you pass and the gate beyond opens. Before you step through, one of them grabs you by the wrist and gives you a final warning. Your journey shall take you beyond the lands of the gods. The Eye of Chaos is upon you now. Follow the path, and you shall be safe. But beware, he tightens his grip. Stray not from the path. Each investigator loses all their clues. I don't have any. Put the set-aside 700 steps, base of the steps, and enchanted path into play. 700 steps of deeper slumber. Base of the steps, enchanted path. Your slumber grows deeper. Add one skull token to the Chaos Bag for the remainder of the campaign. Act 3A, The Final Descent. Spiralling stairs descend below for what seems like an infinity. Same rule about not drawing cards from the encounter deck. If each investigator is at the enchanted path, which is three locations away, immediately advance. Now, one of these locations, I think it's base of the steps, makes you test a willpower test for every card in your hand. We currently have six cards in hand. And we've got two actions left as well. So I'm pretty pleased with our progress. We did clue, move, test, test. So our first four actions, we've covered two acts. That's how I like to do this in solo, if you can possibly help it. Now I'm wondering if we shortcut into 700 steps, play Soothing Melody to heal up, and maybe try and get the clue in 700 steps as well. Let's do it. So I'll play the shortcut. The 700 steps of deeper slumber. Awesome art. So asking a farewell blessing of the priests and thinking shrewdly on his course, he boldly descended the 700 steps to the gate of deeper slumber. It's two shroud and one clue. It has a forced effect when you leave 700 steps, take a horror for each card in your hand in excess of three. Currently we have five cards. And there's a free trigger to choose and discard a card from your hand. I'll play Soothing Melody, healing two damage and drawing a card. It's Alice Luxley. 
And I think I will investigate then and I'll commit the perception, which makes me two up. I've got four cards left in hand. So skulls would be a minus two, which is fine. I could commit Alice and take the minus three out of the bag. I think I'll hold on. Minus two, perfect. We get the clue and the perception triggers and we draw another card. It's an emergency cash. Ooh, interesting. Did the Kamathar action, played a soothing melody, got a clue, also shortcutted. Worth noting that this is the end of turn two and there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cards in our discard pile already. And we have five cards in hand. So that's 12 cards. That's basically a third of our deck that we've already race through. So people who feel that Mark doesn't go quickly, this would be evidence that I think he does go quickly. Admittedly, we played Hallowed Mirror out of sequence, you know, before the scenario began. So that gave us a little boost. It gave us a bigger hand. But yeah, upkeep. We draw emergency aid. We go up to two resources and we get our second doom in air quotes, which becomes our fourth doom. What do we want to do? Well, if we leave this location, we're taking two horror. So what if we were to play Emergency Cash, play Enchanted Blade, and then leave the location. Then we're only taking one horror, which isn't too bad. Or we could play Emergency Cash, cash play Alice, because we cash take up to five, but then we'd be quite a long way off playing a weapon. I think a weapon is more important at this point. So first two actions will be that, and last action, let's move. I think, do we keep any of these cards in hand? Maybe we chuck the automatic before we leave, just so that we don't take a horror. Horror is obviously very deadly for us, but we do want to keep moving. Yeah, maybe we chuck the automatic, because the next card we want to play is Alice. So the automatic goes, and last action, we move in. We cannot enter the base of the steps until all of the clues on the 700 steps have been discovered. Well, that's why we've got the clue. Eventually, the steps give way to loamy soil. Coiling up the bottom few steps is a bed of glowing fungi, whose shapes defy natural convention. It's three shroud and one clue, and it says after you enter base of the steps, if you have at least one card in your hand, we have three. Test willpower X. X is the number of cards in your hand after committing cards to the test. If you fail for each card in your hand, you must either take one horror or discard that card. I think we just take the test, we'll be three on three, and potentially seeing, depending on what we get, we then discard cards. There's no point, we can't commit any of these cards because it's Vicious Blow, Alice Luxley, and Emergency Aid. And I don't think we should take a damage because we're only on one damage. And I'll make the test harder. Plus one, we pass anyway. Okay, fine. And that's our three. Upkeep draws us a soothing melody. We go up to three resources and we go up to six doom. The Enchanted Path, which is where we're heading for, says you cannot enter the Enchanted Path unless all of the clues on the base of the steps have been discovered. So we need to get this clue, and it's three shroud. How are we going to get it? Vicious Blow, Alice, Emergency Aid, Soothing Melody. What if we were to commit Emergency Aid, making us three on three, and take a damage, making us five on three? Then we've still got Alice's potential thing to play. We can heal with the Soothing Melody, and we've still got Vicious Blow. Let's give it a go. We take the damage and that draws us into scene of the crime with two up. Tablet, which is a minus two and it's not an attack or evasion attempt, so we get the clue. Second action, 
Let's walk into the enchanted path. From the base of the steps, a peaceful dirt path winds through the dense forest. Many dozens of eyes watch you with curiosity from the tangled woods surrounding the path. It's two shroud and no clues. It's connected to each enchanted woods location. It gets plus one shroud for each unrevealed enchanted woods location in play, so it's currently eight shroud? Triple action, you do as you were told, but you feel as though you're missing something. Place one clue on the enchanted path from the token pool. And because we've entered there, we advance again. Into enchantment. When you reach the base of the stairway, you find yourself in an otherworldly oak forest. The forest floor is thick with countless years of fallen leaves. And you're surrounded by glowing fungi of all shapes and sorts. The soil is pierced with gnarled roots, and the trees are strangled by invasive vines. A winding dirt path leads deeper into the woods. Each investigator loses all their clues, so that's my two gone. Your slumber grows deeper. Add a skull token to the chaos bag for the remainder of the campaign. Remove each steps location from the game. So there goes 70 steps, cavern of flame, 700 steps, and base of the steps. Randomly choose six of the set-aside Enchanted Woods locations to put into play. Remove the other copy from the game. Shuffle all the remaining set-aside scenario cards except for Labouring Gubbin Randolph Carter, Expert Dreamer, to form the encounter deck. From now on, investigators draw cards from the encounter deck during each Mythos phase as normal. So I've put all six cards around where I am. I'm connected to all of them, and they're all connected back currently, which is nice. Act 4A, The Path. All you have to do is stay on the path. We need five clues to advance. Forced, after the first time any investigator enters an Enchanted Woods location, record in your campaign log, the dreamers strayed from the path. And there's an objective, only investigators at the Enchanted Path may spend the requisite number of clues as a group to advance. So we did clue, move, and we have a single action left. I think let's play this soothing melody that's in our hand to heal both damage and draw us a card. It's another 45 automatic. We're going to be able to afford to play that next turn. The other option there was to move into a location to set up scene of the crime, but I think I'm happy just, at the moment, just making sure I've got enough damage to boost tests. Enemy phase nothing. Upkeep, we draw another enchanted blade. We go up to four resources. Mythos, we hit seven doom of 19. So we only ended up accruing three extra doom on the stairs. I'm really pleased about that. That feels really quickly. Normally, if I'm on eight doom, by the time I leave the stairs, I'm happy. And that time we just properly bossed it down the stairs. So, you know, we, we lost a lot of cards in doing so. We've gone through a lot of our deck. But I think Mark's really pushed hard there. So I'm pleased with that. Just giving the encounter deck one final shuffle. and Let's see what hell we have in store. Lost in the Woods. It has Surge, and it says each investigator at an Enchanted Woods location tests Willpower 3. Each investigator who fails, loses an action, takes a horror. Well, we're still on the path. Doesn't affect us. But it surges into Dreamer's Curse. Revelation. Test Willpower 5. For each point you fail by, take a damage to a maximum of 3 damage. For the purposes of counting icons committed to this skill test, Intellect, Combat and Agility icons count as matching icons and Willpower and Wild counters too. What, if anything, do we commit to this? We could commit our other 45 automatic to make us a 4 on 5, and we could take a damage to make us actually 1 up, but there's a chance that we're taking 3 damage here. I think we just keep our powder dry and just take this on the nose. 
just taking a damage to then flub and take uh, three more damage seems mad. Minus four. So we fail by five. So we take three damage, which all goes on me. And that draws us a card. It's a flashlight. Well, that is cool. Healing in hand, none. So now our ability is essentially turned off because we could use it twice more and then we'd be in trouble. And we have all three soothing melodies in our discard pile. So let's just cool our jets. What do we do now? We could play Alice. It's a much needed soak. Move to a location, maybe take a resource. I'd also like to play the flashlight, but I think getting the soak down with Alice is more important. So let's go broke and pay, play that first. That's damage and horror soak, which is good. Second action, we move. If we see an enemy, can we deal with it? We can probably evade it. So yes, now which one do we go for? There's two on the top, two across the middle, and two on the bottom. I'm just going to roll a die. One, two, three, four, five, six. Five, bottom left. It is the mystical forest, four shroud and a clue. As an additional cost for you to leave this location, you must choose and discard one card from your hand for each clue on this location. Threading now the low phosphorescent aisles between those gigantic trunks, Carter made fluttering sounds in the manner of the Zoogs and listened now and then for responses. It's victory two as well. So we played Alice, we moved, we're going to take a resource last action. In upkeep, that means we can scene of the crime next turn if we want to, or we can play flashlight and move on. Sorry, in upkeep, we get a resource which allows us to do that next turn. And we draw the home front and go up to two resources. Hit eight doom, and our encounter card is Law of Igiroth Chaos. It's peril and hidden. It gets added to our hand. We cannot play cards or trigger abilities on player cards with an odd printed resource cost. So that stops our enchanted blade working. We can discard a player card with an even printed resource cost from our hand to get rid of this card. Hmm. <laughs> Do we just scene of the crime, chuck our automatic to get rid of Law of Igoroth, and head back to the enchanted path as a turn? It's kind of good progress. We're broke again, and we sort of slowly build up for flashlight. A little hand reminder at this point, we have Scene of the Crime, Vicious Blow, Enchanted Blade, Automatic, Flashlight, and the Home Front. So four assets, two skills, and one event. I kind of like that as a play. We're getting the clue here. We don't need to discard a card from our hand because there won't be any clues here, and we're, we're back onto the Enchanted Path. We, we can't move left or right now because its connections are back to the Enchanted Path and Star and Plus, and we don't know where those are. Getting rid of the Law of Igoroth feels good simply because keeping our Enchanted Blade online. So yeah, we'll pay two and play Scene of the Crime and buy this one clue. We'll discard our automatic. We've still got an Enchanted Blade in hand. It has an even printed resource cost of four to get rid of Law of Igoroth. And last action, we move back. Upkeep, we draw another Scene of the Crime. We go to one resource. Mythos, we hit nine of 19 Doom. And our encounter card is a Furtive Zoog. Three fight. One health, one evade. It's a creature in a zoog. It spawns engaged with the investigator at your location with the lowest combat. That's us with our puny combat five. It preys on the lowest combat and it has retaliate and swarming one. So I add a card. Let's stab it with the enchanted blade. I think we do the blade rather than vicious blow or home front. Although home front would heal us. But with the blade... We're a five, six, and if we empower the blade, we're a seven on three. I'm going to give that a go.
zero. So that's one damage to one of the swarms and an overflow damage to the other. Second action, I think we move to a location again. And third action, maybe we take a resource. We're on one resource. Resources are what we're hurting for. And at least we can then be in position, hopefully, to play scene of the crime or flashlight next turn. So second action, we move. Where do we move to? Three. One, two, three, which is to the left. It's Lost Woods. Forced. After you reveal this location, if you do not leave this location before the end of the round, place one Doom on the current agenda. We have one action left, and we could leave. But if we leave, this location is the Teardrop, and there's nothing that connects to Teardrop, I don't think. So once we leave the Lost Woods, we're kind of done for. So the question is, do we sacrifice a Doom to get this clue? And I think the answer is yes. We just stay put. We have one action left, which will be take a resource. Because otherwise, we're committing to getting clues from every other location. And at least at this four shroud location, we can play scene of the crime here. And that's, we've, we'll have used scene of the crime on two four shroud locations, which feels perfect for scene of the crime. Like four shroud location with flashlight, we could be a two on two. Alice makes us a three on two. We're probably taking a damage as well just to get those clues. You know, they're quite, quite hard. So scene of the crime seems like the perfect answer there. So yeah, last action, we take a resource to two. Upkeep draws us to take the initiative and we go up to three resources. So three skills, two assets and an event in our hand. And that means skulls are minus three at the moment. And now cultists are minus two because there are two revealed Enchanted Woods locations. At the end of the round, we place a Doom because we didn't leave the Lost Woods. And then we go to 11 Doom in Mythos. And our encounter card is Obscuring Fog, which attaches here. That is lovely. Now we could commit take the initiative and we'd be a six on four investigating here. I think we just play scene of the crime, get the clue. It leaves the fog there as well, which is nice. Second action, we leave. Third action, I don't really want to go exploring somewhere else. I'm tempted again to take a coin, and then we're set up to play flashlight next turn. So we just go up for resource. We've done, we've clicked for resources three times so far. I think because we made good time, I don't mind that too much. I'm hoping we reach a point where we don't need to take any coins anymore, and obviously we don't need to draw. Upkeep draws us another vicious blow, and we go up to three resources. We hit 12 of 19 doom, how it races away. And our encounter card is another Lore of Igoroth, this time Pandemonium. So this one, you cannot play or commit cards to skill tests with an odd number of words in their title. So I couldn't play Flashlight, I couldn't play Take the Initiative, the home front. But I could play Enchanted Blade and the Two Vicious Blows. And as an action, discard a player card with an even number of words in its title from your hand to discard this card from our hand. So maybe we discard one of the Two Vicious Blows because we do have Home Front, another Vicious Blow, and an Enchanted Blade with two charges and another one in hand. So we could discard Vicious Blow to get rid of that, move, and then potentially play Flashlight last action. Let's do it. There goes a Vicious Blow. Second action, move. Where should we go this time? I've rolled a five and a three. A one. Okay, so top left. It is the Enchanted Woods Village of the Zooks. Three shroud, one clue. It connects back to the path, but then also to the red square and the purple star, which is where the mystical forest down at the bottom also connects. 
He remembered one particular village of the creatures near the centre of the wood. There's a forced effect. After a Zoog enemy with the swarming X keyword spawns at this location, add one additional swarm card to it. Blech. Last action, down goes the flashlight. Costs us two, has three charges. Feel like we'd be a three on one getting clues there. That's pretty nice. Upkeep, we draw second copy of Alice. And we go up to two resources. We hit 13 Doom. And our encounter card is Lost in the Woods. Now, this is going to trigger on us, and it's going to surge. So we have to test Willpower 3, and if we fail, we lose an action and take a horror. So I'll commit, take the initiative. Six on three. Elder Sign. Plus one for each damage on Mark. We've already got three damage on us, so we're nine on three. That's a pass. But what does it surge into? An ancient Zoog. Spawn any enchanted woods location unrevealed if able there are three unrevealed it's aloof and at the start of the enemy phase if it's ready add one swarm card to each swarming zoog enemy in play well eeny meeny miny mo let's put it the one to the right of us we can't move there yet at the moment there are no swarming enemies so that's fine but we now have these two tricksy situations the the, the village of zoogs adds a swarming card to village to zoogs who swarm there and the ancient zoog Every enemy phase will be adding more swarms. He's not a must-kill right now if we can kill the swarming enemies. But if we don't manage to kill a swarming enemy and he stays in play, I'm assuming it's a he, it could be an it, a she, a terrifying. Yeah, if we don't kill it and we don't kill the swarm that's on us, then we start to run into problems. So our hand is Alice, Homefront, Enchanted Blade and Vicious Blow. In play, we've got the Hallowed Mirror, a flashlight with three charges, an Enchanted Blade with two, and we've got an Alice there. We're on three damage and no horror, and Alice hasn't taken anything. What's our plan for the turn? It's probably to get this clue, to head back to the enchanted path, and to do something else. But what? I'm still wary of just blundering straight into a location last action because of the labouring gug. That's my, my hesitation. How do we get this clue? We use a flashlight charge, and that means we're a three against one. Do we commit the copy of Alice in our hand to be four against one? I think so. That means we're three up, and there are three revealed Enchanted Woods locations, so Cultist is minus three. It's a Cultist. Perfect. I'm glad we committed Alice there. We get the clue, and if we wanted to, we could exhaust Alice Luxley and deal a damage to an enemy at our location. Do we just take a chance and go into one of these um, Enchanted Woods locations? It's a 25% chance that the Labouring Gug is there. So the Labouring Gug, if you don't remember, is a 5-5-2. It's a hunter. It can't enter the Enchanted Path, but obviously it can run around the edge. And it hits for three damage and a horror. If it were to hit us, we'd probably kill Alice, but it would still take us up to four damage, which means we can't really use our ability on Sophie without flipping Sophie. It would be really nice to see a second wind and just heal a couple of those damage. Second action, we're definitely heading back to the Enchanted Path. Third action, do we gamble and go to one of these locations? If it is on us, what do we do next turn? We hit it once with home front for three damage. Can we one-shot it? Enchanted Blade is two, home front is three, Vicious Blow is four. No, we need to do two swings. So we could do Enchanted Blade with home front and then just normal Enchanted Blade. Five... 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. We do 11 on 5 and then 7 on 5, maybe with a damage. Kind of kind of good. Let's gamble and move. 
Do we go to the location with the ancient Zood? Hmm. I think we just leave it at the moment because it's not doing anything. We've got a choice of top right, uh, middle right, or bottom right. Bottom right it is. It's Enchanted Woods, the moon tree, which is the purple star. So I'm actually going to reposition my play area because that is directly between the village of the Zoogs and the mystical forest. So I'm just going to move it around. Clue. I still have lost all clues. It's three shroud and a clue. The Council of Sages, recognising the video, visitor, offered a gourd of fermented sap from a haunted tree unlike the others. Forced, after you enter this location, you must either take two horror or lose all of your remaining actions. That was our third action, so we don't actually have any actions to lose. Losing zero doesn't change the game state, right? It's the same as if you have to lose all of your resources and you don't have any resources, that doesn't qualify. So I think I have to take two horror here. I put one on Alice, and I take one. I'm on one of five. Upkeep, I draw an on the hunt. Mythos, we go up to... Oh, and I go up to three resources. Mythos, we go up to 12, 14 doom. My encounter card is Crypt Chill. Well, I could lose the Hallowed Mirror to this, because all three soothing melodies are in my discard pile. So I'm not going to boost. Three on four. Zero. Fail. I feel like my Crypt Chill reflex is getting pretty good now. As soon as I see the card, I look at my play area. So the Hallowed Mirror gets discarded, and if it leaves play, find each copies of Soothing Melody, even if they're out of play, like in your discard pile, and remove them from the game. I feel like that has done work. We committed one, but then we healed four damage with the other one. So we'd be on seven damage now if we hadn't played them. So that's pretty good. How do we get this clue? I think we do much the same as we've done before. We do a flashlight charge, making us a three on one. We commit on the hunt to go four on one. It's tablet, which is a minus two. It's worth noting cultists are minus four now. There's one cultist in the bag. But tablet is minus two, which means we pass. It's now a 33% chance that we trundle into a labouring gug. And it's 33%. There's two unrevealed locations, but there's one set aside as well. So there might be no labouring gug. We need just one more clue to finish. And we're on 14 of 19 doom. We're doing well. I'm just a bit nervous of kind of petering out of clue ability. We've now seen both scene of the crimes, our perception, which is a one of and one evidence. So there's another evidence, there's another flashlight. It's not, it's not too bad. Maybe we shouldn't have committed that on the hunt there and just tried it two up. No, it's fine, it's fine. Second action, we're definitely moving back to the path. Third action, are we gambling? I don't think so this time. That means are we drawing a card, or are we taking a resource? Drawing a card, I mean, our deck is getting pretty slim now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And we haven't seen Shellshock yet which is going to hit us for a single horror. Single horror we can more or less handle. So yeah, last action draw, it's second wind. Upkeep draws us an act of desperation, and we go up to four resources. Mythos, we hit 15 doom of 19, and our encounter card is 
prismatic phenomenon, revelation, put prismatic phenomenon into play in your threat area. The first time we draw, resource, or play each round, it costs one additional action. And after we successfully investigate a location, instead of discovering clues, discard the phenomenon. So if we were to play Second Wind now, it would cost us two actions, but would heal us two damage and draw us a card. Or we don't do that and we just move to another location and we find a location that we can investigate easily to get rid of the phenomenon. We've seen two four shroud and two three shroud locations. I think there's one five shroud, one two shroud and one one shroud left. I think we have to first action move because we're set up to move. Do we go to the ancient zoog or do we go to the other location? We go to the ancient zoog. It is the stone trap door. Two shroud, one clue. While you're investigating this location, it gets plus one shroud for each card in your hand. Jeez. We have five cards in hand. That's seven shroud. If we use a flashlight charge, it's five shroud. So we could do a flashlight charge and take a damage, and we would be three, four, five on five, looking to pull a zero. What we really need here is our last evidence to engage the ancient zoog and kill it and get the get the clue that way and if we're to draw a card now it will be a double action to draw because of prismatic phenomenon so what else could we do in our two actions we could move back to the enchanted path and move to the last enchanted woods location 50 percent chance of hitting the laboring gug this prismatic phenomenon draw actions resource actions and play actions costing double like i nearly did second wind now but i didn't want my last action to be to move to a location and now I can't play Second Wind because uh, you can only play it as your first action because it's bold. Do we just engage the Zoog and home front the Zoog as our last two actions? No, we want it there because that gets us the clue. I think double action draw. It's on the hunt. Not super helpful. And then in upkeep, we draw an emergency cash. Also not super helpful. We go up to five resources. We hit 16 Doom. And our encounter card is Dreamer's Curse again. This is the one that damages us. Well, we should probably commit cards to this. Hmm. If we committed nearly our whole hand, we'd drop the shroud right down for this location. But how much do we want to commit? We also don't want to take a shed load of damage. So we could commit on the hunt. That would make us a 5 on 5. Commit Act of Desperation makes us a 7 on 5. That's kind of as far as I want to go. Minus four, so we fail by two, take two damage. We'll put one damage on Alice, one damage on us, which draws us a card. It's evidence. Yes! Okay, this this can work, this can work. So then we can kill the Zoog, right? Engage, attack, which would get us the clue, move back. We've not, it's not even affected us on the prismatic phenomenon. Let's do it. First action, we engage the Zoog. Second action, we attack it with the Enchanted Blade, going down to one charge. We're a seven on three, and if we put Vicious Blow in, we're an eight on three. There are five revealed Enchanted Woods locations, so that would protect us from the Cultist. Yeah, eight on three. Skull, we have five cards in hand, so that's a minus three, half rounded up which is a kill. We do two damage from the Enchanted Blade and one from the Vicious Blow, getting rid of the Ancient Zoog. 
we pay one and play evidence. Now, evidence is a fast event, so it doesn't take an action to play. Prismatic phenomenon reads the first time you perform one of the following actions, draw, resource, or play. So we're not actually, I don't think, performing a play action by playing it. We're playing a fast card. I'm pretty sure that's right. It's a little bit like shortcut. If you take a move action, but you play shortcut, you're not actually taking a move action um, because it's not a, an action. So that gets us that clue. We did engage, we did attack. Last action, we moved back to the enchanted path. And prismatic phenomenon only clears when you successfully investigate. And we didn't successfully investigate then. We just discovered a clue. That's our three. Upkeep, we draw second flashlight. We're at five resources. Can we be defeated now? I don't think so. We're on 16, 17 doom. And we're at the right location to advance. We have the clues as well. So let's do mythos, see what we draw, and then decide if we go and look in the final Enchanted Woods location. We draw a furtive zoog. It's the one that engages with the lowest combat, so it engages us. Doom count 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 16, 17. So this turn we could kill the zoog in one hit, move into the final location, maybe investigate it. Then we go to 18 doom, and we could move back and finish. Do we give that a try then? If we move into the last location, it's the laboring Gug. It hits us for three and one. One and one go on Alice, so we take two. We're on four, five, six. We'd not have enough health left to be able to move back. So we'd have to evade, which would be pretty hard. Hmm. Just to explain that again, we'd kill the Zook first action here and our enchanted blade would be empty. We could play our second enchanted blade and then move. And if it's where the laboring Gug is, the laboring Gug would engage us and hit us and we'd end up taking two damage, so we'd be on six damage. So that would mean we're just one damage short of being able to just simply walk back to the enchanted path next turn and finish. So we'd be instead committing to killing it. Right, so we'll use our enchanted blade charge and at least kill this furtive Zoog. Or try to. Minus one. Dead. Four cards left in our deck. So let's think about the order here. Second action, play Enchanted Blade. Third action, move. If it's the Labouring Gug, it gets a hit on us. Or second action, move. If it's not the Gug, we're fine. If it is the Gug, we could take a damage and evade it, and then we wouldn't get hit. And next turn, we'd be set up to move away. And if we take a damage, it takes us to five, we're still safe. So I think the move comes first. It is Enchanted Woods Fungal Forest. It's not even the Gug one. Five Shroud and one clue. Forced, when your turn begins, if you're at this location, reveal a random token from the Chaos Bag. If you reveal a special symbol, take a damage and lose an action. And we have one action left. So let's use our flashlight charge. That makes us a three on three. Commit our flashlight, four on three. Take a damage, taking us to five damage to go to six on three and try and get this clue. Minus one, pass, clue, upkeep, we draw a second wind and go up to six resources. Mythos, we hit 18 of 19 doom, and our encounter card is the Crawling Mist. Three fight, five health, three evade. Prey, most cards in hand, which is us. It's Hunter and Massif. 
and increase the difficulty to attack or attempt to evade the Crawling Mist by one for each card in your hand with an encounter card back, which is none. We could punch with home front for two damage, punch again for one damage. We're not going to be able to kill it this turn, and this is our last turn. So we'll move back to the Enchanted Path, taking an attack of opportunity which defeats Alice Luxley, and we'll pay five of our six clues to finish. That's definitely a shame to not be able to get that VP, but we've cleared every location with a two-intellect investigator, which feels amazing. Oh, sorry, at the start of our turn we had to reveal a token. It was a cultist, so we would have taken a damage, taking us up to three damage. Mark's ability is a reaction. I don't want to draw any more cards, so I won't draw any more cards. So we only had two actions anyway, so we can still move and, and finish, because it's not a resign action to spend the clues. But yeah, youch. New Visitors. As you near the edge of the wood, more of the rodent-like creatures emerge, swarming out of burrows and honeycomb trees. Soon the whole forest is alive with them. They surround you and chitter in a language you somehow understand. Intruders. They are with the cats. New dreamers. No, they followed the black cat. But the black cat is not here. We are many. They are few. Several of them emit low growls as they begin to close in. Just then you hear a human voice call out, What is the meaning of all this? I seem to be doing a lot of deep voice characters so far. The owner of the voice is a blonde young man with an unfazed expression. He is flanked by a pack of angry cats, each of whom falls into step beside him, save for one scarred old cat who takes the lead. You realise that the man speaks not to you, but to the creatures all around you, who slink backward as they're scolded. Then, to your ever-growing surprise, the scarred cat speaks. Your tribute is late. The investigators must decide, choose one, step back and watch this surreal scene play out, or interrupt the scarred cat and handle this yourself. Feel like Mark would probably want to get involved, but he's also in the dreamlands and everything is slightly weird. So maybe he's just exhausted after his battle, he's just fled the crawling mist, and he steps back and watches the surreal scene play out, which is an R1. Peter and I need to decide how we're going to do things like resolutions and interludes, more interludes than resolutions. But I hope you've enjoyed this first episode. Super pleased with how Mark got on there. Really nice timing. And placing that one extra doom, we worked out perfectly, really. If we had another turn, we could have taken an attack of opportunity to play our weapon and try to kill the Crawling Mist. But we still cleared every location, which is 12 XP. So in solo, if I get 8 XP, I'm happy. I think... Well, I think you have to get 10 to finish. No, you can get 9. But yeah, 12, super strong. We could go now, stick to the plan, and two leveled up enchanted blades straight away. That'd be kind of nice. And then we can think about some juicy things like um, Ever Vigilant and other things like that. Maybe a big gun as well at some point. So yeah. As ever, thanks so much for listening. Let us know what you thought. If you're a patron of the cast and you want to play along, think on our feet. Peter and I will sort out how we share our decks with you and that sort of thing. Thanks very much for listening. Bye. Bye.